This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Hello you numpties, this is the villain Marty Skell and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. <laughs> you're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to the first live and episode number 84. 84, the first time that we are actually going live yes. on the internet. My How name about is that? Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the live show. Yes. I do want to throw some quick love out there. Uh, I'm dedicating this show to uh, Richard Wormer, a wonderful man who passed away this week. Uh, friend of the show, by extension, uh, who once wrestled a bear uh, apocryphally. So <laughs> I, I'm dedicating this show to him. He passed away this week, and uh, so condolences to his family. Yes. Uh, but uh, yes, this this show will be going out to him, and, and very appropriate that this this show that for us is a big monumental step forward, where we're going live with the show, should be the one that's dedicated to him. Woo. So, oh, but man. yes, uh, we have a little bit to talk about. We had to take a week off. Uh, last week, Nick went on a vacation, which I'm we'll sorry. talk about shortly. We'll talk about it. No, it's 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 uh, sounded like a, a fun and interesting time. We'll talk about that in a second. But we got a ton to talk about now. As a result, it's like we went away and all the things happened. Like everything broke as soon as Nick goes away. Right? It's all just, the things. Well, not broke. It's all I mean, my it fault. Was, it was it, it was intense. <laughs> it was a- it was intense. I mean, let's 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 run down just quickly. We had well, the women's evolution pay per view got announced. Yes, uh, that's happening in October. Uh, Roman versus Brock is officially happening again. Yes. Woo, way to go, buddy! Yay. Um, Tommaso Ciampa is your NXT champion. Ah! What? Uh, Slammiversary uh, from Impact happened, and it was really good. Looks like they're getting back into form. The G One is awesome. Ellsworth got fired again. Again, we're live. There's, oh, okay. uh, there's so much stuff to talk about. Yes, that we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> but before we really dive into the show, we have to remind everybody to go check out our Facebook discussion page. It's, yes, it's where a lot of the meat from the show happens. We have a lot of wonderful people who come and talk with us on there, share memes, tell jokes, uh, discuss wrestling in general, sports entertainment, and uh, 
And that's also kind of the hub for a lot of things that go on. Yeah, in show. we centralize everything around that kind of that Facebook group. We tried yeah. Twitter for a while, didn't really get too much. But you guys that are interact interacting with us on Facebook in that discussion group, it's fantastic. It's become kind of a second home for me. I know I go. It's one of the first things I go check in the mornings now. So uh, I love you guys all hanging out in there. So please come join the Facebook discussion group. Lots of new members to welcome. Uh, and if you guys love what we're doing and want to support the show, I'd like to give a big shout out to all of our patrons. You can. Head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Uh, we got some great tiers in there where you can interact with the show in a number of different ways, get some cool swag, all kinds of good stuff, and more coming very, very soon. But with that said, let's go get into the show and talk about the big news. Well, Ian, we first have to start things off, unfortunately, as is becoming a little bit of a trend that I'm not happy with. With a few more deaths that happened yeah. this week. Uh, they come in threes, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, they and, do. And this week, they definitely came in threes. Three pretty big ones. Um, let's go down them one by one. Uh, Nikolai Volkov mm. passed away. Um, a major, major player back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, passed away at the age of 70. Apparently, he had a heart attack. Uh, refused treatment and then had some complications afterwards and, and ended up passing away as a result of it. Yeah. 70, 70 years old. Um, bit weird. Why would you refuse treatment on that? Is that because is, he is men? He is very manly men. I don't Volkov. know. I don't. He is Volkov. <laughs> I don't know. I re- I remember him mostly from his teaming up with the Iron Sheik, but I know he had a, a ton of just a, a huge presence in the seventies and eighties uh, in the WWF, and he was he was challenging um, right. uh, yep, yep. for the championship. You know, back when San Martino was the champ, so uh, oh, he God. he was around for a while. He was, I think, even involved until until ninety five, all the way to ninety five. So. He was a huge presence. Um, and speaking of big presence in the 90s, Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher passed away. Uh, the son of Jerry the King Lawler uh, passed away at age 46. Very Way too young. Uh, apparently, he had a very troubled, troubled life, a lot of uh, problems with drugs and alcohol. And he was actually in jail uh, for a DUI and then resisting arrest. And they had him in solitary. Not good. No. And he had, I think, $40,000 bond that wasn't posted. And so they had him in solitary. He ended up, he ended up hanging himself and uh, was taken to the hospital where he was uh, pronounced DOA. Or, oh, man. I don't know if it's DOA, but he was pronounced uh, deceased there. Um, and I, I know X-Pac went online this week and said that he, he really blames the system for that. Like he's, He had been in the exact same situation. Yeah. Um, we all know X-Pac had his... Troubles with demons. drugs and alcohol. His demons, I think that's a good way yeah. of putting it. Yeah. And we're not talking about Kane. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. Although they were a good, ta- a good tag team. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so he said he's been in the exact same situation as Brian Christopher, and he completely blames the system for it. He says that you know it exacerbated an already bad situation. By the way, side note, he was buried in a Steelers coffin, Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> coffin. Just uh, it is football is starting today, so we thought we would throw that one out there and shed yes. a happy light on an otherwise kind of troubled situation. Well, uh, well a, a little bit of lightness, I suppose. Yes, yeah. that's. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine. You know, the sympathies out to the Lawler family, of course, because yeah. that's that's horrible. Uh, and then finally, Brickhouse Brown, uh, probably. Who? Well, exactly, probably the the guy that people are going to know the least of these three, but still had a, a pretty decent career. Uh, was was big in Tennessee and the territories. Had some some moments in the WWE. Um, he died at fifty seven. Apparently, just this absolutely horrific cancer story where he wasn't getting treatment. They were only giving him uh, pain pills for it. Uh, he actually passed away. Or they they declared him as 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 deceased, right? And his mom 
fell asleep in the, in the hospital room as the coroner was coming to get his body and they started talking again. Uh, and then he lived for nine more days after that. Whoa. So yeah, and it was, it sounded just horrible. Like he was given, you know, a death sentence basically. And they did almost nothing for him because of the medical system. Yeah. So. Mick Foley wrote up a really nice piece today uh, that I remember reading. It might've been yesterday that it came out, but um, how he Brickhouse Brown helped Mick Foley and kind of believed in him and how mm. he was kind of a bright spot amongst an otherwise kind of elitist community within yeah. the late eighties and, and uh, especially late eighties and early nineties. Foley started in 88 and he uh, Brickhouse was one of the first ones that kind of ushered him in and showed him the way the ropes and things yeah. like that. So I, go read that. If you get a chance, I'll, I'll throw a link to it in the show notes or we'll put it up in the Facebook group, but uh, it's on Mick Foley's Facebook page. Yeah, he's one of those guys that no one had a bad word to say about exactly, him. Exactly, exactly. A bunch of wonderful, wonderful things to say about him. Uh, and, you know, it's it's one of those guys that unfortunately just never got bigger. Apparently, he was very talented, good heel, good on the mic, but just uh, never got bigger. Yeah, but uh, unfortunate. Anyway, R.I.P. Brickhouse. And Chris and Volkov. And, and the Volkov. And the Volkov. Yeah, man, another big news. Uh, you, let's let's get to some happier stuff. You went on vacation last week. Why don't you tell I everybody? I did no such thing. Where did you go? Well, a working vacation. <laughs> I uh, I went to a trade show conference to be a uh, speaker, a featured speaker in um, the, the world's biggest podcasting show called Podcast Movement. And I got to speak. Uh, my session was on uh, tech hurdles that you run into when getting into the world of podcasting. We didn't even. We speak. haven't had any of those. No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, you're welcome, I guess I should say. But uh, no, it was more about like websites and RSS and all of those kinds of things that the the layman podcaster might run into and how you can avoid some of those things. So it, it was a week in Philly. I gorged myself on cheesesteaks. I literally ate at three different cheesesteak place, oh uh, places within, what, five days that I was there. So uh, it was great. It was great to meet a bunch of other podcasters. It was great to meet a lot of our industry partners such as Blueberry and hang out with them. So really, really good week from a business perspective, but I got to tell you, I was chomping at the bit because there was so much friggin' wrestling going on uh, yeah. that, by the end of that week, <laughs> and then this week, I'll ha- just there's so much stuff going on that we just absolutely have to talk about it. But I wanted but, but to also, over- I mean, you, you met some important people there too. I, mean, I did. I got to hang out with Colt Cabana for was, about three minutes. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was a big deal for me. It was probably Absolutely. the first wrestling podcast I ever listened to was The Art of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Colt. Uh, definitely want to uh, thanks for the picture. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for the time. Uh, I do know that he said he was going to check out the show, so the fangirl in me kind of bubbled over a little bit. I oh. uh, also want to give a shout out to a guy I met eating one of the cheesesteaks. His name is KC, and he was a Philadelphia local. Said he was definitely going to be a new fan. As soon as he heard that I did a wrestling podcast, it was all kinds of uh, questions and great conversation while I gorged myself on a giant Philly <laughs> cheesesteak sandwich. I don't know how you do it. So, KC, thanks for uh, the great conversation in the company uh, at Delasandros. I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, I'm glad to he- I hear that you had a good time. I did. I, uh, I had a good time as well watching scads of Japanese wrestling. <laughs> Uh, as well as the rest of what was going on in the sports entertainment world, which we, we're going to steer the ship back into right now because the biggest news from last week, and we got to talk about this before we get into the rest of the show, uh, because there wasn't really like a lot of stuff we can get into as we get into WWE and New Japan, all the rest of the stuff we normally discuss on the show. There's a ton of news down in the news segment yeah. at the end of the show, but there's really no better place to talk about this than right now, and that is... One of the biggest news stories from last week, and that's the Women's Evolution pay-per-view. I'm nervous to talk about that this. they announced 
last week. Now, there had been a lot of speculation about what the big announcement that Stephanie McMahon had been teasing was, whether it was going to be the women's tag belts or what. And um, I, my sources still say that the women's tag belts have been officially made. They're, they're just waiting to actually utilize them. And we'll talk about what we think is going to happen there uh, as we get into the show. But the big news is this pay-per-view. The fact that they're having an all-women's pay-per-view, they have already announced that all of the women's titles, NXT included, will be defended. Um, and the finals of the May Young Classic will be taking place yes. at this uh, pay-per-view as and well. And the NXT Championship will be That's defended. That's what I just said, yeah. You did yeah, say, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. yeah, all the main ones, including NXT. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a pretty big pay-per-view, and they're definitely patting themselves very hard on the back, which mm. they never do. No, no, not no, WWE. No. 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 Um, so they, they made sure that it was a, a point of reference in every segment last week and in quite a few segments this week. I'm surprised Brock Lesnar didn't bring it up. Right. Uh, but we, we need to discuss this because do we feel, let's, let's give some opinions here. Do we feel like women are truly getting an equal opportunity here or is this just WWE being disingenuous and having a branding decision with this and a, a way of, as we said, patting themselves on the back? Can I go first? That, that's what I was asking. Okay. You. Yes. Um, in the, I want to preface this by saying we are in a hashtag me too world of equality, which I am totally behind. Mm. I, I think that their the equality needs to be there. I think they could have done better by balancing the existing pay-per-views rather than going out and making something completely special and kind of going against the whole idea of equality in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of doing a completely exclusive women-only thing was kind of the problem in the first place. And that now that the roles have been reversed, now it, it feels like it's one step forward, two steps back. Giving the women more time on the existing shows, on the existing pay-per-views, I think would have been a better move. This feels like a... And I know there are tons of women out there that are super proud about this. So I want to be sensitive about and that. And that's the thing, is that that's, that is the counterpoint, is that it, it, you know, you're, you're not wrong. It's definitely something where you know it should be more. That level should be brought up in the regular shows. Yes. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be that uh, we have a special event just for it. It's it's the whole you know Black History Month should be every month and not exactly. just February, right. the shortest month. Um, so it's it's one of those things where uh, you want to like. The, I thought the most um, the biggest step forward in the quote unquote women's evolution tra- trademark hashtag copyright sure. etc. Uh, was when the women uh, main evented SmackDown for the first time uh, on the actual show. And it was the first time there had ever been an all women's main event and they didn't say anything about it. Yeah. It just happened. It just, it was just, it was just there. there. Yeah. It was just there. This is amazing. That's what we want out of this. Yeah. And unfortunately, I just feel like it's going backwards. And I, and I know that there's tons of women that are proud of this and excited about this. And, and I applaud that. It, it's just. Uh, I don't know the words I wanted that, that it, I want to come out. It feels off. It does. You know, and, and here's the it thing. It feels like pandering. Oh, in, it's, in a, it absolutely feels like pandering. Yeah. That being said, I don't want it to not happen because, as you said, it's it's definitely good for um, the for, for, for women, for, for like the little girls who are watching the show. 100%. And it, it becomes a big deal. Yep. And it should be a big deal. But it's just the presentation of WWE being so proud of themselves for it. That's just, it's off-putting, you know? So 
By the I, time the third superstar brought it up during their promo, yeah, like, I was okay. like, oh, Jesus. Okay, we get on. it. We get we it. Get it. It's, it's good. Yeah. No, very excited about this. I, I want to see what happens. Frankly, because of the culmination of the Mae Young Classic, I think it's cool they're going to have a big pay-per-view around that. We're going to get legends, some of the legends ladies back, yeah. Beth Phoenix, awesome. Lita, all of them. Uh, hopefully, Tori Wilson makes an appearance. You know, because it's this is cool. This when we saw this happen at the Royal Rumble, it was cool, but it was built into the existing pay per view. That's kind. Of, that's the equality thing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the obvious asshole question to ask would be, well, where's the all men's pay per view? Where's the all black they've superstars? Had, they've pay-per-view? had dozens of them. Where's the all Latino uh, pay per view? Come on, guys, we don't need the all one thing thing anymore. Well, it's just everything this needs to be. Sure, well, or or have it and don't make a big fuss about it. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Don't don't pat yourself on the back so hard you break your back. Yeah. Uh and and really there's not going to be I'm not going to be super impressed until the woman get paid the same. Agreed. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like while the, while there's still the uh, the pay disparity. Well, Ronda getting a million and a half dollars and then Charlotte coming out that's 5 600,000 dollars for a year. year. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I'm yeah. I'm good with that. Well, but the, but the compared to the men, and then you know the upside is is that maybe if they start main eventing pay per views, then they're because you get more money for you main get the pay per view money. You get the pay per view money. Yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, you know, definitely a controversial subject. Uh, I do suspect that the tag belts will debut then, if not before, uh, especially given what they're doing with some of the women in the different divisions. How do you think they're going to build to that to into debuting? Obviously, they're going to have the first winners come out of that pay per view in October. But yeah. how do they build between? I mean, we got a long they've got, time till they've then. got. Two, they've got almost three months yeah. to build it. They've got plenty of time, and we're already seeing some of the uh, the early stuff, like the early build towards it. And we'll talk about that when we get into our regular show, which means we should probably get into the regular show and head over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, here we are opening yet another episode of Busted Wide Open, at least the Monday Night Raw <laughs> segment, talking about... Roman and Brock Lesnar. I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. I just, I sorry, buddy. This is inescapable, and I am so ready to be done with this. Like I get tingly when I when I get done with this. Now, what I will say is that they do seem to be steering the ship into the Brock hate. You know, here's the I I'm I, hot take. <laughs> okay, hot take. All right. Uh, I I know we had some people in the Facebook discussion group. We've had people that I've talked to all be like, if they go Roman Brock again, I'm out. We riot. I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Here's the thing. Um, I was really entertained this week. <laughs> yeah. I was. I. I thought it was really good stuff. Uh, and I think it's that part of me senses we might be finally, finally coming to the end of the tunnel. Like let's just, you know, clench our teeth and get through this last match, and we might be able to move on. And the thing is, the way that they're getting there. Uh, this week was good TV. Uh, I thought Roman played his part as well as Roman can play his part. I thought Paul Heyman was wildly entertaining, being the guy bouncing back and forth, trying to get Brock Lesnar, who was also great, who was just sitting in the back reading Backwoodsman magazine uh, the entire time, not wanting to be there, just you know, showing up to get paid and then leave. I thought it was fantastic how they all played the different dynamics. Um, you know, and then even Kurt did a great job of threatening Paul saying, Paul, if you don't have Brock come to the ring, you're fired. Yes. Brock did his contractual obligation. He showed up, but I want him in the ring. And if he's not in the ring, you're fired, Paul. And then Paul, you know, freaking out and sweating about it and Brock taking hands to Paul and saying, I'm not your friend. I'm not your buddy. You work for me. You work for me. Uh, 
that was all good. And then at the end of the whole show, to have Paul out there begging and pleading for his job and Kurt just being like, no, I'm done with you, dude. I finally got one up on you. Now, where, where's all your, your catchphrases and your snar- smarminess now? It was great. And Brock coming out and taking out everybody. Eve Corbin was great in this. The, the moment when uh, they go backstage and Stephanie has called up and said, look, as a way to get Brock into the ring, kick Roman out of the show. And they all come in and Kurt goes, I'm, you know, very well played again. I'm sorry, Roman, you got to go. And Roman just, Roman played it very well with the kind of the eye roll and like, this is how it's going to be, huh? Okay, I'm out. Not without sucker punching Corbin. Oh my God, that was a good punch. (laughs) That was such a good punch. That was, that's like the first time Roman's done something a long time where I went, nice. Yeah. Way to go, Roman. I, I went there. What, am I crazy or did I hear Let's Go Roman or something like that this week? That was a controversy. Yeah, at the very end of the show, we want, we want Roman. We want Roman. And we had someone online who I guess had a friend who was there who said, no, no, no. They were we chanting for Roman. <laughs> but they were saying, we want Roman. And then there was a Roman sucks answer to the call. So it wasn't everyone chanting for Strowman. I don't know. Here's the thing. They are doing everything in their power. This is the last ditch effort to get Roman cheered is make is basically bury Brock, bury Paul, bury their universal championship, bury their company because Brock is sitting here going, why would I watch this company? Why would I watch your show? You know, and, and, and frankly, almost becoming sympathetic by just not giving two F's about anything. And that was very entertaining. I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. yeah. That was the, like the no sub- F's given Brock is kind of fun. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it, they have to be I, I careful. It. They have to be careful. It's not too fun yeah. because it's a, it is a knife's edge. It's a knife's edge. And everyone is, there's obviously enough people that are still into Roman that he does get some cheers. He gets enough cheers right. and he gets a big reaction. And we've said this all the, all the, the whole time. It's what Vince has been saying. He gets a big reaction, whether it's positive or negative. He does. Uh, they're just trying to drive that more into let's see whatever we can do to get him cheered, whether that's putting him next to Seth Rollins, making uh, Brock look like a complete asshole who hates all the fans, whatever they got to do. So, yeah, that's, I mean, here we are. We know we're getting it. We're heading for it. Like at this point, full speed ahead at this point, I'm, I'm like, cool, let it happen. Yeah. Let's just let it go. Uh, We'll, we'll do what we can. We'll deal with it as we go. And if they can keep it as entertaining as it was this week, I got, That's got a diminishing I, return I, on it, though, honestly. It, oh, it absolutely does. Can they keep it that entertaining for the next three, four weeks? I don't think so. Yeah. But we'll see. We're At least it was, a, it was a good start. And to anyone out there who's tuned out because this is happening again, I get it. I get it. But at least this week was not painful to watch. And that's a that's a big thing for me to say. Yeah. Because yeah. I am so bored with Roman Reigns. Well, let's move on and talk about some of the other matches because now we know that that stuff's coming. Um, This week we had uh, Seth Rollins facing off against Drew McIntyre. And I was pretty excited about this match going Seth versus his final form. Yes. Uh, You throw Elias in there and my head would explode. Oh, that's the middle form. Yeah. Yeah, that's his second form. (laughs) Drew is the final boss. Mm -hmm. Uh, Super Saiyan form or whatever you call it. Super Saiyan? Super Saiyan, Nice try. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually watched Dragon Ball. Look, we know that now we're going to get Seth Rollins again facing against Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship again. Yeah. 
How does Drew come into this now? Because we've had the setup where he's going to be, uh, he's only allowed at ringside if he wins the match. And we've had, how are we going to stipulate Drew McIntyre into this somehow? That's, that's the question. Is it just going to be more of Seth fighting the goon of the guy who he's facing? It, the whole thing has just become, and we've said this since they really started establishing what the Ziggler McIntyre relationship is. Right. It's just, it's wildly. Uh, Shawn Michaels diesel circa mid nineties. Like that's, that's the dynamic big time where uh, Drew McIntyre is being allowed to be so much of a badass. He's almost going to turn himself face by just being too cool or too hmm. sweet. Um, <laughs> if you will, but uh, that's, but here's the thing. It, it makes Ziggler look like even more of a smarmy squirrely heel. When you have this big badass guy here, um, so having Seth kind of fight uphill against the mountain, uh, only to have the little, you know, sneaky guy kind of sneak in and steal the, the win. Yeah, that'll work. It's just, you know, what are they going to do to get us between, you know, from now to SummerSlam? You know what I got really and not have about. it and, and, and real quick and not have it be stale oh, by yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like what you're saying. We've Three already seen weeks. this. We've already seen that what they've got to throw something else in this. To make this interesting. Well, I think they did in a weird way. Uh, I think Finn Balor getting involved was an interesting choice. Um, maybe not getting involved, but Seth got involved when he had a match with, I can't remember if it was Drew or Ziggler, but I liked the dynamic of Ziggler facing Finn Balor. For the, You guys know that I've been down on Finn Balor for quite some time. And I, I liked the match, the matchup between him and Dolph Ziggler because then Seth can go off and play with his final form and have a feud with Drew McIntyre. That is way more exciting to me than Seth fighting Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but that's because you're you're a fan of McIntyre, as we both are. Totally. But Ziggler has the belt, and that's the important thing right now. Yeah. And frankly, after the the Iron Man match, which I would argue was kind of a bust, not not because of the performers, but because it all happened in five minutes. The booking and (laughs) and the audience wasn't into it. You know, it was was a bust of a match. Yeah. Uh, So they've I think there's redemption that can happen with Seth and and Dolph. But I want to see that happen clean with no zig with no uh, McIntyre interference. So again, it's going to be they've they've got to do something with this feud between now and SummerSlam to to clean it up. Um, or to make it a lot, have throw more elements into it to make it more interesting. Something's got to happen to it. Um, and as far as Finn Balor, he's busy getting beaten clean by Baron Corbin, which I thought was an interesting choice this week. I li- uh, I'm liking their matches, though. Same. I, I've do- I'll say it again. Constable Corbin is the best thing that could have ever happened to Baron Corbin. Second only to him shaving his head. I think that will, it was yeah. part and parcel. Yeah. It was absolutely a, a, con, a combined thing. It allowed him to shave his head. It gave him a reason to shave his head, which we all agreed he needed to do for the last five years. Right. Um, it gave him a reason to go clean cut. Uh, you know, his his kind of like Ross dress for less suits are, are fantastic. His smarmy face. Little waistcoats, yeah. His, it just the way he, the character he's found with it is just mwah. Money. Perfect for him. Beautiful. Uh, but I was trying to think with him beating Finn clean this week. Uh, and Finn, of course, putting up a good fight. It's just, you know, that's what he does. Uh, and, and kind of being the baby face who kind of an underdog thing is what they're going for with him, which is fine. Yeah. I was wondering if this is their way of kind of pushing Finn down and keeping him at a level while trying to elevate Baron Corbin a little bit and make him look a like, you know, maybe having him go to like a bigger feud later on because they're elevating him by using Finn. 
or if this feud is going to continue, but they needed Finn to lose because the only way the demon's coming back is if he can't beat people as regular Finn. Do you think the demon is coming back? Uh, the, his, we haven't was, seen it in almost we what, two years now? We haven't seen it in forever. Well, no, it's been like... Last summer, maybe a year. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it was, it was during his feud with Bray Wyatt last fall, I think, that awful, oh, awful yeah. feud we oh, all yeah. try to forget about where we last saw it. Um, but I think that... You could bring him back with this. You could have Baron just, you know, they're going to have to really, you know, stoke this fire a little bit, have Baron piss him off enough where he comes out at SummerSlam uh, and just annihilates Baron Corbin. And I thought his costume this week was a little demonish, too. Maybe that's kind of what I put it in my head. But that would be really cool. Mm, I would. I wouldn't. I. I'm never down on seeing the demon come out. And I think setting him up against these this insurmountable odd of Baron Corbin might be the thing that triggers it. I think That's you're onto something saying. there. That, yeah. that would be really cool. Um, speaking of really cool, KO this week got in Strowman's head. Baron Corbin, uh, sorry, uh, Braun Strowman had a match with uh, uh, Jinder Mahal, who is now becoming a, a comedy character again with his Shanti. Shanti. Shanti thing. <laughs> He's becoming a comedy character again, which, you know, okay. but uh, um, In before 3MB gets back together. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know if Drew's going to come back for that. No, I, God, I, I hope I not. think Drew's... Please, no. It might just be 2MB <laughs> from now on. Maybe Rhino, Rhino subs in for if, McIntyre. If Rhino goes, retires to go to eat, goes to eat Cheese Whiz somewhere else, and it's, it's gender reuniting uh, with uh, Heath Slater. Oh, goodness. Oh, jeez. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, the, let's see. So Kevin Owens uh, came out and he distracted Strowman in his match against Jinder Mahal this week by stealing the case, caused Strowman to get counted out. And the whole story was if Kevin, because this is something that happened last week, Kevin Owens got the stipulation for his match with Braun Strowman at SummerSlam changed to be if he beats Braun Strowman at SummerSlam, no matter what, count out, disqualification, any kind of beat, he becomes Money in the Bank holder, Mr. Money in the Bank. I want to know what you think about that. Because I, I am not happy about that. Like you're setting a precedent that you can now just exchange it, that the money in the bank contract can now change hands via a match. I'm not cool with that. That money in the bank is like one of my favorite mm-hmm. elements of WWE. And I now that you're you're gonna start futzing around with the, the, the contract and it can change hands and it just takes all the luster away from you know, somebody walking around with it. Now somebody now it's like a belt, you can challenge somebody for the contract. To get the belt, yeah. I'm just, well, I'm not this a fan was part of, of the awkwardness of putting it on Strowman in the first place. Is someone like KO would have been better with it in the first place? Sure. But the fact that this week, you know, they they showed how easily he could conceivably win it. The fact that it's as far away from SummerSlam means they might have like the last couple of shows. You have a Strowman stand tall, uh, and so this week it was just you know a way to show that Kevin could conceivably steal the briefcase, um, build the possibility for either outcome in our minds. I would be fine with Kevin Owens taking the briefcase off of Strowman, especially given how many outcomes that could give to the main event with our buddy Roman and Brock based on who comes away with the Money in the Bank contract. Right. God forbid the WWE Championship be a main event of a pay-per-view again, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, is Jinder going to get involved with this? Does he play into this storyline, or is he just more of a distraction to get Braun and I wonder, uh, KO together? I wonder if Jinder has any more role to play in this, or if Jinder's just window dressing, you know, like That's a heater. I a heater. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think everyone's sick of Jinder at this point, and I, I, which is too bad, because I definitely have a soft spot for him, as you know. 
I but don't. Uh, I know no one does. I just something. I definitely do not. Uh, I have a weak spot for the Singh brothers. I think they're genius. So oh, man. Uh, you know. Well, hey, we, everyone's got everyone's got their cross to bear, Nick. Right. Um, but yeah, what, so what do you think the likelihood is of Ko taking the case? Not likely. No. Oh, you're no. a Strowman of, Mark. Oh, I know. You know, you're duh. a Strowman Mark. Of course. I, I, I don't think. I think it set objectively. I think it sets a bad precedent for them to do that because then that year going for every year going forward you could there's always going to be something about the money in the bank yeah, briefcase and the contract changing hands other other companies allow their contracts to be taken new japan does uh i'm trying to think who will uh, i mean the gift of the gods that's been jumped around oh, sure. so many times in oh, lucha sure. so it's i don't know i like the idea that it's something that could be on the line it, they shouldn't do it often i agree that should be uh, just a cold, hard Mr. Money in the Bank, Mrs. Money in the Bank. They are the Money in the Bank holder. Boom, that's it. I would rather it be like I, the the holder of the briefcase uh, challenging someone and said, you know what, I'll even put my Money in the Bank contract on the line. Right. I'd rather it be that than the authority kind of stipulating that it's going to be something. Or somebody, some schmarmy guy like Kevin Owens you know, weaseling his way into getting his hands on it. Uh, now, so, you, I think you're getting worked on that. I, I mean, that's it's fine. Yeah, but that's, whatever. <laughs> fine. Um, we also got to talk about Ronda Rousey was great this week. Yes, she was. She was and fantastic. I'm coming around. I'm yeah. coming around. Um, I, I'm starting to enjoy her segments. Uh, we're going to see her have her first in ring. I guess it uh, her first match on Monday Night Raw. Yes, will be next week against Alicia Fox. This week it was Alicia Fox. Uh, versus Welcome Natalia. Back Foxy. Welcome back, Foxy. By Holy the way, Foxy, smokes. Foxy, looking very good this week. Um, Northern Lights Suplex, still probably oh, the best in the business, right God, there. It's so her good. and Gable, so good. Um, but yeah, no, she had she had a fine match against Natalia. It was just a you know the friends of the people in the big match having matches. It's just a you know it's filling time. Yeah, it's fine. This, but the storytelling was good this week, and Ronda looked appropriately vicious. She, my God, man, she is. I, I remarked on this one that when I watched this happen, like when she got in the ring at the end of at the end of this match, of course, everything fell apart at the end. There's, you know, everyone tried to beat down everybody else. Alexa Bliss ringside, all the all the pieces, all the components were ringside. Ronda gets in and starts beating people down. I, I literally I remarked out loud. Ronda is playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers like she is. She looks just so good kicking ass. There's this calculate. You said it one time. There's a. Um, the MMA fighters have an extra like pep in their step or a, a yeah. pep in their punch. When she does that kind of you know uh, fireman's carry into like a, a almost the like judo a, throw judo, some kind of judo drop, it just yeah. snaps. Like yeah. there's so much like oomph into that thing. Like you don't normally see that in no. wrestling moves outside of like snap suplexes and things like it's, that. It, it does really look like oh, it looks and de- we and we remarked this before, but it also looks like she's moving for herself in like everyone else is moving in slow motion and she's moving at a normal speed. You know what I mean? For yeah. her, like she's just, it's everything's so fluid. And then this week she actually had a good little, little bit backstage with her promo backstage. Like it didn't come across as the, I can't remember my lines. It didn't come across as like grinning too much. She sounded like she was there to whoop some butt. Yep. And I loved it. So, That's what we want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And they can, if they can keep that Rhonda on my TV, I'm, I'm so into it. And more Foxy. I want to see more Alicia. You're Fox. getting it. You're getting it next week. Rhonda versus Foxy. I'm yes. <sighs> Yes. That's a match I'm yes. looking forward to. Uh, one that I wasn't really looking forward to. Um, Mojo Raleigh and Bobby Roode are starting a feud. But it was, I thought it started good this week. Okay. I, 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 the, I didn't. Okay, so 
about Mojo Raleigh running down like the lower mid card backstage. <laughs> okay. Burying some of them, burying No Way Jose, saying he he put he beat him back to catering or something. It's just like, <laughs> oh God. But um then Bobby Roode taking exception to it and Mojo essentially saying, That's great. What are you gonna do? Catchphrase it, you know, catchphrase me to death. Yeah. And then getting into a fight. Uh and having this partly played out on social media, partly played out um, on the show, but uh, Mojo has been doing a pretty good heel run recently. Like I've liked the new kind of bully Mojo, um, and Bobby needs someone interesting to to be a face against. Yeah. right now. So this is a wait and see for me. This is I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. Okay, so see what happens. Is it going to mm-hmm. lead to maybe pre-show stuff at SummerSlam? Is that what we're thinking here? <laughs> yes, but yeah. I mean, are we well, call, we're calling the pre-show matches three weeks out. SummerSlam is going to be a long show. Yeah, it is. We might have time for this. We've got a six-hour pay-per-view. I, I think guess, it could right? be built into a good match. Yeah. I do. I'm 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 like a well of positivity this week. I've been eating the New Day's pancakes or something. I, I've well, I've, hold tight because I'm about to ruin all of that. Oh for yeah. You. Uh, the revival defeated the the leaders of worlds, which okay. I'm excited about. Never mind. I came back down. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, so I don't know what are the revival doing. There's been rumblings that they were going to go back down to NXT potentially. We know Tyler Breeze showed up there because Fandango's out with an injury. Uh, what's going on with the tag division? Because we also had Apollo Cruz defeat Akam from AOP. Right. What the? Hell? Well, I mean, it was a it was a quick roll up, kind of like a sneaky vic, like sneaky win, but it was still like what are you. What are you doing with AOP? Uh, just, At least the revival looked somewhat decent this week. You and know I love I mean? the rev- you guys know I love the revival, and I'm excited to see them get a win. We love the revival. We love AOP. Yes. We love the B team. Yes. Uh, did you just admit that? I I'm coming around on them. Yes. You are way further Mission down that rabbit hole than yes. I am. They're but they're charming. <laughs> uh, I like Titus worldwide. I, you know, I when they were back when they were on SmackDown, I liked Heath Slater and Rhino. They have they they've destroyed them now. But my point is, is that there's a lot of good stuff in the tag division. Notice I didn't say the Deleters of Worlds. I yeah, yes. I, I, I don't I like what, the I don't of like what they've done there. That yeah. was a that was a missed opportunity. But it's Bray Wyatt, so what a shock. Yeah. Um. I I like the tag division. They just have. Okay. I'm actually gonna. I'm going to. I'm gonna run this all together because we're talking about the tag division okay. right now. All right. So I'm going to run the fact that Apollo Cruz beat Akam, the fact that the Revival defeated the the leaders of Worlds, and the fact that the the there's nothing going on the tag division and the the audience is crapping on it and you know that's all bad. I'm gonna run that into the discussion about Sasha Banks and Bailey. Okay. Who this week. Uh, defeated the riot squad and showed that they were back together on the same page right now they're best of buddies again they're even wearing the same outfits to the ring and they're kicking butt as a tag team i can't keep up but now it all makes sense because we're well i mean who knows they they may have been going towards a feud and then going wait we know we need a tag division we're gonna right pull pull the car around and now we're back to them being best buds and probably headed if if the tell is and is is correct here we're probably headed towards them being the first women's tag team champions. That, get out of my head. That's exactly what I think. So, which is, which makes sense. Okay. They yeah, love, totally. they love giving Sasha Banks first that, you know, Bailey also, they love giving any of the four horsewomen, like the accolades for being the first blah, blah, blah. 
Okay, so let's assume that Sasha Banks and Bailey are going to be the the top of the new women's tag division. Well, they've already got a name, the Boss and Hug Connection. Let's never speak that name again. Agreed. That is, it's terrible. Um, and I am worried now that they're going to start a women's tag division when they can't keep the men's tag division on any kind of rails right now. They don't know how to run a men's tag division, and they're going to give us a women's tag division? Exactly. What? How exactly do they anticipate having that work when they can't even make all of these talented performers and talented teams in the men's division work? So that's my question. Not only has this whole Sasha Banks and Bailey thing been mind-bogglingly strange, but now you're going to try and tell me that they'll be able to handle a women's tag team division? Like two weeks ago, I thought they were going to go like lesbian and have our first kind of oh lesbian romance in WWE because of the because I love you and all of that. So, and now all you of a sudden, you would read gonna, that into it, man. It's, I'm serious. It's, I'm not being a 12 year old right now. It's it's that's I thought we were going to get something like that. You know, progressive and you know we have we have to have all. Of, what's what is it? It's not fraternal love. It's soror so, uh, sisterly love, I guess. Fine. Okay, Fine. it's completely innocent. Fine, but but I'm not the only one that thought it. For the record, I'm right? <laughs> you're right. You're not. <laughs> Am I? You're not I the, mean, not, you guys tell you're me not I'm the crazy. only immature person out there. Who exactly. Was like, okay. Right. I'm not yeah. the only. Right. I, my inner twelve year old was going nuts when that was happening. But anyway, uh, I don't know what to think about the Bailey and Sasha thing, other than it being a precursor setup for that tag, Im- the impending tag division that we now know is going to be a thing. But I 100 percent agree with you. How do you have a tag division for the women on this all-new pay-per-view when you've done nothing to show that you can do anything but trash a, a men's tag division? Bingo. Come on. Bingo. So why don't you save the men's tag division first, then start teasing a women's tag division? It, it stop letting Titus Worldwide beat AOP. Come on. <laughs> well, then I, I, I can't even defend that. Um, so here's the, here's one other little thing about, uh, Sasha and Bailey and they, they face the riot squad. Uh, I had a little note about that because it was interesting, you know, how uh, Sarah Logan had like this whole hick gimmick going on, how she liked game meat and she, she had that horrible accent and she's from Kentucky. Backwoods kind of chick thing. Yeah. Now it looks like they're they're angling her more towards a Viking thing. The yeah. commentary talking about how she's getting in touch with her Viking heritage. Apparently she did the twenty three and Me thing or whatever it was, the <laughs> DNA swab, and she's actually got Norwegian roots now. So, uh, come on, guys! If you want to put two and two together on that, like I did, she's dating one of the members of War Raiders. Wall Waiters. Wall Waiters. She's dating one of the members of War Wait- Wall Waiters. Uh, so I I'm wondering. If this is the early planting the seeds towards Sarah Logan being somehow involved with War Raiders, somehow. Oh boy, I don't know. Well, uh, I mean the whole the whole Ruby Riot and Riot Squad thing's got to end at, at some, some point. point. You're hearing it here first. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Logan, the newest waiter in the Wall Waiters. The wa- in the <laughs> woman, woman, oh god, woman Wall Waiters. Oh, that, okay. So that's gonna throw me off because now I can't stop thinking about that. Where were we here? Uh, Bobby uh, Lashley and Elias uh, to yeah, finish okay. out Monday Night Raw. Great. Do you- <laughs> Do you want to take we, this we one? We have to talk about the the whole running gag throughout the night, and and it was fun that that this is the way that it ended. But we had this running gag of Elias continually getting interrupted uh, throughout the entirety of the show. Am I getting that right, or was that last week? Because I watched them both back to back because I was gone last. No, week. it was it was uh, Elias came out and Bobby Lashley tried to sing along Rock and Robin with him, and it was about as awful as you would 
as you would imagine. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty okay. terrible. Yeah. I, I was, it, it's another burial of was, Lashley. Was this, it's, this was not on the Hulu version then. No, oh, I no. don't remember this at all. It should have been on the regular version. Oh God. Thanks. It was, it was awful. I mean, thank it's, God it's, I didn't see this. It's hard to ruin an Elias segment, but somehow Bobby Lashley managed to do it. Uh, and uh, yeah, how hard is it to just make Bobby Lashley look like an absolute monster and stop having him do the cutesy little like, segments like with Sami Zayn and Take with Take a mic out of his hand. Just, just don't. Yeah, you, you can have him talk. He was able to talk in, in TNA Impact and come across looking good, but just don't give him too much. Just But then have him come out and just destroy people. Yes. You know what I mean? Which he ended up doing it's with Elias, simple. but it's still. It's that simple. Ugh. Oh, well, guys, uh, that's it for Monday Night Raw, but we're not done yet. We've got to head over and talk about what went down on SmackDown Live. Well, this week, we got to start off with the fact that it was very, very much about Becky Lynch and her story, the fact that they have gone from having her be a footnote on this show to... Like the main story this week. It's, By God, it's about time. Yeah, and this is really engaging. Like yeah. this is actually one of the best women's storylines we've seen. I would argue since the women's quote unquote revolution. This is intriguing to me. You've got this champion who everybody hates in Carmella. Yeah. Who, by the way, came out and gave a great, almost like crappy heel, like sympathetic plea for sympathy speech this week, where she was fake crying and like, yeah. you guys all hate me, where. Um, I looked up to you, and now I get to face you. What, she's talking to Becky? Yeah, right. she was like, trying to suck up to Becky and everything. Um, so I, I liked that. And then uh, you have, so you, so you have this heel champ. You've got Becky Lynch, who is this you know plucky up and coming baby face who's just just fighting her little buns off to get back to the top. Right. And then you've got the return of Charlotte Flair, Becky's best friend, who now because Carmella pissed off the GM and the GM made a spur of the moment decision. Now, because Charlotte this week beat Carmella clean, uh, now Charlotte Flair has inserted herself into Becky Lynch's hard-won match with Carmella at SummerSlam. That's a great dynamic. And There's it, a lot of grist for the mill there. And there was some drama involved with it as well. If Charlotte wins her match, she somehow gets into it and it becomes a triple threat. That's what I just said. That's, yeah, it's happened. Yes. That happened this week. That did happen. I yes. thought the match was next week. No, 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 no. It so it's all gone this, down. It's happened. Forgive me, guys. I'm behind a little bit. It's it's been a rough couple of weeks. All right, it's a good thing I'm here. Yes, thank thank God for Sir Ian Dangerous. All right, so now are we thinking that one of these two are going to turn? That's really that's what the it big comes question. Down to. Now now that's that who is turns the big on who? Who turns on who? Does Becky Lynch turn? I say no. They've worked too hard to give her the plucky baby face vibe. Yep. So far, uh, right now the feeling I'm getting is it's time for Charlotte to turn again. And I know it feels like Charlotte flip-flops a lot, but let's face it. She's a fantastic heel yep. in a division that needs more heels. Especially on the women's side, on Especially, the SmackDown side. That's what I'm yep. saying, in, a, in that division. Yep. They need heels. And Charlotte can be one of the best heels because they need a heel that is convincingly dominant. And I don't think they're ready to turn Asuka yet. And I think it would be a mistake to turn Asuka heel I agree. at this point. Um, and I think that I think we haven't seen the last of Charlotte and Oscar. No. And I think they could do, and I hate to compare it because it's, uh, it's standing in, in the shadow of giants, but to come, you know, it's to have it kind of be like a Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano friend betrayal thing with a long term storyline of Becky being betrayed by Charlotte. And then, you know, Charlotte dominating her yeah. and, and the division, I think that could be a much more compelling storyline. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm very much hoping that that happens if anyone has to turn, which I they don't they don't have to turn. They could come out and have a handshaking best friend face versus face match that would blow the doors off of the off of SummerSlam. They could, but at the same time, they could also it, it would be a lot of fun if. Um, I liked, like, for instance, when Becky learned that Charlotte was getting this match. This, yeah. Now, before she even learned that she won, she was like, I mean, I love Charlotte, but this was supposed to be on my moment. Yeah. You know? Already that, planting the seed. That right there was, that was all I needed. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Yep. So props to whoever made this storyline happen. Uh, they have a lot that they can do with this. There's a lot of interesting ways that they can get us to SummerSlam with this. Um, I, I'm looking, I love the dynamic of the three characters here. So yeah, I, this was very engaging. I'm wondering what happens if we see them get all the way to SummerSlam still being besties without the turn or if we, and it happens at SummerSlam or if we're going to start seeing more seeds like that, the hints of it planted for the next three weeks. I think we'll start seeing some rifts between Charlotte and Becky. We've got time. We got the time to see the rifts happen. Uh, well, speaking of rifts, uh, let's talk about the Miz and Daniel Bryan. Cause this uh, is one since the shakeup. Uh, that we knew was coming. <laughs> and there was some speculation about whether he was going to resign. There was all these things that said, well, maybe it won't happen. Folks, it's happening. We're getting Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. And it's exactly what we expected it would be. Yes. It's exactly Magic. what it is. It, well, it's what it should be, <laughs> where they're openly referencing the reasons why they're having this feud in the first place and, and the, the things that we want to see them reference, like the, the Talking Smack interview, um, the nature of The Miz and who he is as a wrestler, Versus the nature of Daniel Bryan and who he is as a wrestler. And this is one of those times when they're pushing that fourth wall, kayfabe fourth wall. and But they're doing it in a really honest, interesting way. And not in a forced Roman Reigns, John Cena way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Good way to put it. Uh, this feels more authentic. Which is not something you say often in WWE, so it's always special when you do see it. Yeah, and it feels like it's that stuff's been pent up for like two years now. Yeah, in a it's way, it's just been kind of, and it's finally venting out. And there's some, there's a vitriolic feeling to it. But it's like you can feel that anger coming out of Miz a little bit. Oh, absolutely, and out of Daniel Bryan a little yeah. bit to the frustration with Daniel Bryan, where you know he's saying, uh, you know, yeah, I, you said you could say that to my face, you could call me out on the stuff when I couldn't compete. What about now? I can compete. Come get some. And Miz going, yeah, and you know what you did? You walked away from me when I said that. Yep. Did you punch me in the mouth then? No, you could have. You know, but nothing said you couldn't have punched me in the mouth. So, no, it's it, it's it's fantastic. And the fact that they are calling on, they, they openly talk about Daniel Bryan's contract. Uh, and Daniel Bryan could let his contract lapse. Uh, Talking the, about going to play at the bingo halls and the the, the school like gymnasiums. Anyone believes that Daniel Bryan's going to go play bingo halls? Right. That's that's WWE propaganda right there. I mean, it's I cute. hear the American Legion is open now that uh, PWG has <laughs> left. We can come back to Reseda, you know. Oh yeah. Hey, seeing Daniel Bryan uh, headline the Globe Theater in downtown Los Angeles would be certainly be fun. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd be lined up around the block for that. I think everyone would be. That that's the that's kind of the point. But this, so, <laughs> but yes, this this and this is a feud that so far is being built on words. And they can continue to build it on words because the part of the anticipation is Daniel getting his hands on the Miz. And he's kind of got his hands on the Miz already, but the this is better when built by words because the blow-off is Daniel Bryan getting his hands on the Miz. I hope he legit punches him in the mouth. He's going to have to. Or in the face, and we get, bust, we get some After, busted open I don't know about busted open. Yeah. But, oh, uh, but I, I definitely see this ending in uh, in. A, a nice payoff. Are we going to get one of those things where the locker room empties and everybody rush, rushes out and it's, I don't think holding either the Miz and, or Daniel Bryan are ones that you could believably see <laughs> not 
being able to be held back by the entire like the whole point with the with the like the the locker room clearing brawls is that you've got two big boys that the entire locker room can't hold back. Yeah. Goldberg if, and Brock. If, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, Strowman, Lashley, yeah. p- people like that. Roman, <laughs> right? Not not five foot seven Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Daniel Bryan can be held back by the locker room. Okay. Right. <laughs> so let's be clear. Um, and another feud that I, that I, I'm curious where it's going is Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke and Nakamura. And Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. You've got Jeff Hardy who is legit injured in real life. Like he's he's working through some serious injuries. So I'm and I I had heard that he was going to take time off. So the fact that he keeps coming back to get beaten up by Randy Orton and now Shinsuke Nakamura over and over and over again yeah. is interesting to me. I'm wondering if there's just going to be a point where Randy beats him up so much that he goes away. And you know, this week Randy waited for Shinsuke to beat him up. Shinsuke beats him up and then Randy continues to beat him up and then rips off, you know, some of his clothing which uh, was awkward and his necklace and then uh, you know, washes off his face paint trying to steal his identity if you will remove the enigma well sure whatever it is like it's it's that old it's it's the old randy orton back by the way which is thank you finally finally Finally. i can i can give a crap when randy orton shows up (laughs) because randy orton gives a crap you know that helps a lot um but you know i'm curious how much more Jeff Hardy's going to be involved in this because of his legit injuries. He's got to have two shoulder repairs, doesn't he? Isn't um, it something crazy? Like he's got multiple injuries that he's got to go have surgery. Gotta on. go look at my notes. I know that he's dealing with numbness in his fingers, and yeah. I thought it was a fractured vertebra. Maybe okay. uh, was the last thing that I remember, but I will have to go double check myself on that. Uh, so ultimately, we are we going to get Orton and Nakamura here as at a tag SummerSlam? team or something? I mean, uh, I don't know. A tag team? I, they seem to be on the same page. Like this week, they seem to be. On the same page. Yeah, but it's Randy Orton. He's not friends with anybody. Um, are, are we going to get an Orton title match against Nakamura at SummerSlam? That'd, that's, be, that'd be pretty badass. That's what, I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying about this feud that I don't quite... I haven't quite figured out where they're going with this. Jeff Hardy is messed up. Uh, as Jared just said in the, in the, in the, in the chat, his back is, his back is his gone. This is back, okay. Um, and... Uh, you know, so I can't imagine that he's going to continue in this feud. But then at that point, you've got these two just dastardly heels in Orton and Nakamura. I can't see them feuding with each other. So who then steps into this void to fill Jeff Hardy's shoes? Mm. So that's Good question. That's, that's where I'm intrigued by this. Uh, and the fact that I just I'm wondering what they do with Randy Orton now that he is back to being snack. <laughs> Evil snack. He is snack. He is snack. Uh, well, I got to say, my I don't know if it's a moment, if it's a thing. The best thing I've seen in wrestling in the last two weeks uh, happened when Samoa Joe just got a hold of a microphone this week and just went oh, off God. on AJ Styles. Oh. I, I have, I, this is why I love Samoa Joe. This is why I, was, I, I wanted Samoa Joe to come after it. It's frankly why I picked Samoa Joe to have... I, I didn't pick him. I wanted Samoa Joe to really get the briefcase yeah. uh, from Money in the Bank. Because it, just because we'd see constant promos like this of him taunting whoever the champion was, <laughs> oh, like, just, just so you know, I have the briefcase yeah. and I'm coming for you. Yeah. Oh God. Um, he doesn't need the briefcase, dude. I, he can true. come out with a towel. That's true. And deliver this. I mean, probably the most intimidating mic worker they have. Like I peed myself a little. I'll, I'll admit that. Just watching Samoa Joe yell into the TV like that, like he would look into the TV and I would just cower. I'd be like, "I'm sorry, Joe. I, oh. I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, Mr. Joe. Don't sorry, hurt, Mr. Joe. Don't hurt me. Uh, no, it's awesome. This is this Joe is best Joe. Uh, oh. And the fact that we're finally getting AJ Styles versus Joe for a title in the WWE. At SummerSlam. I mean, at SummerSlam. Oh. Yeah, fantastic. Great. I'm getting this... I'm getting my cake and eating it too. Well, I mean, now here's the question. It still won't be the main event at SummerSlam, though. Oh, no, absolutely not. We know what the main event at SummerSlam is going to be. <laughs> the thing that nobody gives a shit about. It is going to get booed out of the building. There, but, this is, but this is kind of how WWE is becoming, where you have the hardcore fan matches over here, and then you've got Vince's matches over here. We're get, I mean, the fact that we're getting some of these other matches at SummerSlam... You know, it's going to keep people around. Yeah. It, for everyone you drive away with having the Brock and Roman feud, you're keeping people around by the promise of Samoa Joe and AJ, Miz and Daniel Bryan, stuff that the hardcore fans want to see. Yes. Right? So I think it's actually smart of them. Like, yes, are they going to put it last? No. But will it still be on the card and entertaining? Yes. Absolutely. Hell yeah, it will Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Well, hey, a uh, few more things here to talk about in SmackDown before we head out. Uh, the bar has come back with the Jets on. Yes, they look awesome. That is so. I was, if you remember, you I was kind of down on the bar and towards I was the end there, calling you out. I'm like, I, you they know, look they're fantastic. Amazing. Yes, I know they're outstanding. Their entrance is cool. I thought Sheamus might. Everything is cool. I thought Sheamus might have been done because of his back stuff that he had going on. Yes, uh, so, so his back. He was working a little slow at the end of last year, earlier this year, whenever yeah. they were going well, on. He's got for a the while. spinal stenosis, yeah. which is a chronic condition, and it's something that is basically means it's up to him when he wants to retire. And he's, at this point, it's just taking time off of how long he'll be mobile as an older man yeah you know what i mean like it's 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 just pervasive you gotta spend time working out and stretching himself out to keep you know his spine in its place essentially okay um and it's it's degenerative so it's going to be one of those things that he's got to keep getting checkups and just see how it goes uh but none of us are going to know when he's done until he says he's done like i just don't want to see the dude break his back taking an apron bump or something no, like and that he, his style for the most part is pretty safe for it but he's got a couple of moves that i i sit and go every time he does it yeah. Um, luckily he's on a team with Cesaro who can more than pick up the slack because the dude is a machine. Literally he's insane. (laughs) And they're, they had a match this week against the Usos. They're having a tag tournament on SmackDown live last week. It was new day defeating sanity, (laughs) just brushing sanity aside, whatever. Um, it was sorry. NXT call up. It wasn't (laughs) real to clarify. It wasn't that sanity lost. It was how they lost. And there's something that's that's a, a mantra of mine. Okay. It's not that you lose, it's how you lose. And this is something we'll talk about when we get to New Japan later because some of my favorites have really low scores in the G1, but man, they look like gods even in loss. And it's that is a big component. If you if you have to have someone lose, you have to keep them in some ways viable if you ever want to have them do anything later on down yeah. the road. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Tangent. Uh so this week we had uh, the bar versus the Usos. The winner would go on to face New Day. The winner of that goes on to face the Bludgeon Brothers at SummerSlam. Great match against the Usos. Not surprising. Usos are fantastic. Sure. Bar is fantastic. New Day was ringside with their own pancakes table. If uh, Whatever they, that was. Do yourself a favor. Go watch the lipstick cam. Uh, it's online. You know Lipstick they, cam. You know how they had the one from Mauro Ronaldo at TakeOver where they just had all his reactions from the oh, little yeah. camera on the desk? They did the same thing with the New Day, and it's basically these three guys just going nuts the entire match. It's. I remember they kept cutting to it back like strategically. They kept cutting their mics because they never shut up. 
<laughs> and they were like, we have to have the commentary talk, New Day. And New Day was, they were just nonstop. Apparently, they just turned up the mics when they wanted to hear them and just turned them back down again when they didn't. And New Day was just going the entire time. You can go online and find this lipstick cam of the New Day. I'm going to go watch that. It's just pancakes everywhere. Biggie stuffing his face and flexing his freakish pecs. Uh, it's and it's just hilarious. I, I highly recommend it. But bottom line is it was a good match. Bar ends up winning. Cesaro kills one of the Usos with a, a the European uppercut. Um, and now we're going to get the Bar versus New Day again, which, if you recall, is always a great match, always a great feud. Yep. Now, who? I, I obviously I think the Bar is going to be taking the next shot at the Bludgeon Brothers. Does this mean they will beat the Bludgeon Brothers as a heel team? Will they lose to the New Day and the New Day goes off against Bludgeon Brothers? Like, what What are we seeing here? Because I th- I think it could go a lot of different ways. I, I think we go... This might end up in some kind of four-way. There's so many different people in the contention for this right now. New Day, Usos, uh, the bar is back. You got to throw Sanity in there potentially as a thing. No? I mean, mm-hmm. it's you don't think so? No, I think Sanity's done for now. It's kind of like AOP, they're going to be down there with Titus Worldwide for a while. Yeah, only in the SmackDown version of right, it. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, no, I think I think this is going to be coming down to those top three teams. Now, does the bar go? I don't and, think the bar is ready. They've just came back. It's their first match. But as back. you said, they look incredible. They do coming out of nowhere. But I mean, you got to kind of earn it back, right? I think they earned it this week by beating the Usos. You know, five time tag champs. Fair. That's Fair. earning it right there. So they could absolutely go face the Bludgeons, but then. It's a weird dynamic yeah. because does do they try to turn the bar face to face the bludgeons or does New Day face them again and does the blood do the bludgeons retain which I think they do I think they do either way yeah so until you get some new excitement in there a new storyline around something I just think you leave it on the bludgeons until somebody does something like how do they team do they put them in a handicap match eventually against Usos and New Day yeah, and the, the, is the, that what it takes to get the belts off the Bludgeon Brothers and we know that Vince loves the Bludgeons you know it's one of his creations you can tell by how freaking goofy the gimmick is yeah and it's just lucky that the, the two guys can wrestle their faces off but um you know he loves them and so there's no reason to you know d- you know can depower these monsters until it's absolutely ready and you have a team that you feel can do it and neither the New Day nor the Bar feel like they're at that level yet I think that's kind of what you're, what, kind of what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, one last thing we have to talk about on SmackDown, and that's Rusev Day, because strange things are afoot in the Rusev Day camp, buddy. I'm, um, I'm not happy about this. No, as you could imagine. Um, no, because it feels like the the Rusev and Aiden thing was good. Yes, this feels like an orchestrated way to get Lana over. It has nothing to do with Rusev. It has nothing to do with Aiden other than the fact that he is going to be the sacrificial lamb yes. to get Aiden. I'm sorry, the sacrificial lamb to get Lana yes. over. Correct. And I'm not happy about that. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to the me. The fact that Lana's wrestling is borderline travesty, and she should have just stuck with the damn... She's not even using... They keep calling her the ravishing rushing. She's not. She's a Southern California blonde. That has I, no, she's that from just, like Kentucky, isn't she? I don't know. They live out here. From the southern. But anyway, she, southern. she's not even using the Russian accent anymore. She is every once in a while on like the occasional R. It's weird. It comes in and out, right? <laughs> she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Rusev. Yeah, they had the best thing going with Rusev and Lana as this you know, manager advocate of sorts yeah. that announced him. I loved it. The first two years or so of his, uh, yeah, of his thanks debut. Thanks a lot, John Cena. I mean, I... And what Dolph are they Ziggler doing? And that whole Dolph. Remember the Dolph Ziggler feud? When, hang on. When, when, hang on. Okay, before I'm, you go I'm, off on tangent, 
Rabbit the, holes. The Rusev and Aiden thing. Look at how over that got. Was Lana anywhere near that? No! But she's been over. But they're over. throwing it in the dumpster. She's been over, too. And they Lana. But they, yeah, because they push Lana because she is over on her own. She's Eva Marie 2.0. No, she's not that. Oh, God, dude. It's, she's not that bad at all. That's hyperbole, sir. Uh, fine. That is hyperbole. You're, you're throwing legit wrestlers that got themselves over with no help from WWE in the friggin' garbage can just so the pretty blonde girl can come have a wrestling okay. career. I don't think it's an all that bad. Career. I think what they're... I think... Well, first of all, I think this is their attempt to start turning Rusev face. He, he wrestled face last week against uh, Andrade Cien Almas. Okay. He still felt face-ish this week. Lana yes. was the face in that match. Right now, Aiden's the one who's screwing the whole thing up. So... In my opinion, this actually could be all around. This could be fine. This could be a good thing if we ultimately get Rusev face and allow him to get the kind of audience adulation that he's been deserving for most of the year. It might be too late and the meme is dead and people are kind of cooling on Rusev and they're going to swing for the fences a little bit too late on this. I, I kind of think that's the case. And I think they're going to get distracted by, as you said, the fact that Vince has a hard on for Lana and wants to have her be the big push at a Rusev day. So there, yes, there are still stumbling blocks here, but what we're off to is not a bad start. My question is why the hell is Zelina Vega wrestling when you have one of the best wrestlers in the WWE in a blue suit standing on the sidelines in Andrade Cien Almas. That's my question. I, I can't get over the fact that Lana is water in concrete. That is Rusev Day. It is just, it was so good. It was fine. You just couldn't leave it alone. Uh, actually, uh, so Andrea Ward just made a really good point in our commentary okay. section. And that was Lana's on Total Divas, dude. Lana's on Total Divas. They push their reality stars. That is 100% true. That is absolutely true, and that's a really good point. If you're on their their reality shows, you get a lot more love, and the and the fact that you can now have this be part of some sort of drama on one of the reality shows, they love that. We're we're not seeing the whole picture on here. But it's you not. watch Total Divas. I watch Total Divas. That, yeah. that, that nothing translates really. It's nothing this, nothing transfers. I should watch say. when this part of Total Divas comes out next, next year. year yeah. Next year, yeah. we'll keep. I, keep hopefully, your eye. we'll be long past. Keep your this. eye open. This will be a distant memory. <laughs> oh man! Well, that oh you asked you asked a question about Zelina Vega wrestling. What did you think of her in that was her in ring debut on SmackDown? Yeah. I prefer it? her just doing the occasional Hurricane Rana in an Andrade Cien Almas match. Agreed. Frankly. Agreed. Needs yeah. to be needs to be staying kind of the fine. And, no problem with her having the occasional match, kind of like Lana. Every every once in a while, yeah. not mad at it. But don't make this a regular thing. Get Andrade back in the ring. That guy is amazing to watch. Yes. Oh, and the fact that they gave us AJ Styles versus uh, Almas a couple weeks ago just. Mm -hmm. But that was a test. What a waste. That was well. It was apparently a test of Almas, and apparently he got really over backstage. From what I'm hearing. Uh, he got really over backstage from his performance in that match. They loved it, and they're like, cool, we can trust you. You're a really good performer. You're going to be getting a push out of this. So that's, from what I hear, that was Amazing. what the reaction was when he came backstage after Bring that. So, so yes, did they give it away? Yes, but it, it could be a really good thing ultimately. Yeah. Well, guys, that does it for the main shows this week on WWE programming, but we're not done. One hour down, one to go. We've still got to talk about the wide world of wrestling. Ah, uh, yes. 
Let us begin oh. with the wide world of wrestling. Starting hey, off, see if with, you can see my chill bumps. <laughs> starting from this week's off, episode, man, there's a lot. To, we, I, I'm looking at the notes here, and this is four times, five times the size of our WWE section because there's so much to talk about. Saddle in, folks. Woo, here we go. There's a lot uh, of wrestling to start, talk about. There's a lot of wrestling to get to, and a lot of it's really good stuff. Uh, NXT this week. Uh, uh, Obviously, we go away for a week. Tommaso Ciampa becomes champ. We're sorry. Uh, no, that I'm not. For, first of all, in kayfabe, we're sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, Play oh, along, oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't break kayfabe. I'm on sorry. My... I'm not sorry. I said I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, no, Tommaso Tommaso Ciampa is the ch- is the Champa. Champ is the, the NXT Champa. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that happened. Johnny Gargano cost uh, Alistair Black the match last week. Accidentally made Ciampa the champ. Uh, we'll get, to, well, let's talk about it right now. Ciampa came out at the end of the show and to his, to his usual entrance music of a chorus of boos from the audience, uh, and just delivered probably the most like heat magnet promo I can remember in WW. When was the last time you saw someone in WWE get that much constant heat? Never. I don't, it's been a, I don't want to say never. It's been a long, long time. Like, I mean, it was not. It was. It wasn't one night stand. John Cena level by any stretch. Yeah. But it was. It was pretty. It was pretty. Everyone had a smile on their face. It wasn't like, like I said, one night stand where people actually wanted to murder Cena. He even went up to the barricade. Uh, an old lady that was sitting there, who is a as a regular recurring guest at Full Sail, <laughs> and said, "I remember you. Hey, this is my I'm your champion I'm your now. Champ, what? Uh, oh, it's good. And, you know, just, just sitting on the ring, like, gloating, and just." went on and on and on and the audience never stopped being hot i just it's so good we're still trying to figure out what uh, uh, metal band's t-shirt she had on uh, which is pretty cool i don't know if it's like opeth or goat whore or something the old, like the old that woman what's that yeah someone tell us what that old woman what what band that was that yeah, the old it was woman black was t-shirt it had like uh veins or a tree branches or something i couldn't remember what it was i don't know if it was yeah i don't know if it was an alistair reminded black me shirt of like, yeah i wonder if end. that was them I, anyway Neither here nor there. Bottom line, Ciampa is a fantastic heel champ. Alistair comes out to confront him, but then is cut off by Johnny Gargano, who, you know, jumps in the ring, beats up Ciampa. Ciampa goes scrambling, and Johnny's screaming at him. Johnny's lost his mind now, and this is awesome. So now Johnny has embraced the dark side. His insanity and his hatred for Ciampa has turned him from being the beloved babyface into some sort of weird tweener heel that the audience doesn't even like anymore. And Al- Alistair Black ends up getting in the ring and black massing Johnny Gargano. After he admitted it was his, the yeah, only says, reason you have that at belt. Ciampa, I'm the reason you have that belt. Yeah. It's because of me. It's nothing to do with you. And Alistair basically went, you're right. And for your transgressions, eat a foot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and what I liked about that, what oh, I don't even feel I liked. Oh, I loved it. Actually, what I, I, I loved it. I love the fact that now the audience has turned on Johnny Gargano. Because he gets kicked in the face, and they all chant, you deserve it. This is a weird kind of... We've come full circle in this way in the terms of... We were talking about this before we sat down to record. Yeah. This weird full circle. Like, the thing that Ciampa got heat for was turning on Johnny Gargano. I mean, and the, now everybody's turned Johnny Gargano him. is what made them mad at Ciampa in the first place. And the massive amount of heat he got initially, like his rocket fuel... Was their love for Johnny Gargano, yeah. his betrayal of Johnny Gargano. Right. But now he has become so evil that Johnny Gargano, even accidentally helping him, 
And now they're mad at Gargano. The reason that Ciampa has the heat in the first place, that's how much heat he has. It's like that he has he has poisoned the very thing that gave him heat in the first place. That's nuts. We said last year this would be the feud of the year, and I I'm looking at all the promotions. There's a bunch of good feuds across all promotions. This is still the this is the best one. Yeah, and it, uh, we're fight me. We're not even halfway through it. I think it's just going to go all the way through the rest of the year. Well, we're probably going to see this at whatever event yeah. is at Survivor Series can, later this, this year. I, I, you know? If you're going to go the whole arc of Johnny Gargano going to the dark side and then getting redemption at some point, the fans turning on him, him losing everything, and then having to claw back from the bottom, and Champo, you know, really winning for a long time and getting everything he wants and being the heel that you just hate because he's winning. It's, it's the Game of Thrones theory. You've got six yeah. six seasons of the bad guys winning, and you finally get a season of the good guys winning. And it's so good when it finally happens, right? It's what's going to happen here? So we've got a long time until Johnny Gargano gets his redemption story, and it's they're doing a incredible job. This is one of the best storylines I can remember ever seeing in professional wrestling, and that's hyperbole that you can back up. Yeah, you know, like I I actually agree. This is this is going to go down if they if they stick the landing on this. It's going to go down as one of the great character arcs of all time. Yeah. Uh, when you take not only the quality of their matches, but just all, every every element that they're putting in here is fantastic. And it's even to the point where I don't even care that they took the belt off of Aleister Black after no. such a short period of time. Like somehow that even worked. How is it? So, yeah, that's the last thing I'll say about this is that it's weird that Aleister Black had a title reign in the middle of all of this stuff. And yeah. Nobody gives a shit. Like, all well, we care about is what's going on I with I think there's Ciampa people and- who were pissed that he was kind of a transitional champ, but yeah, it worked fair. into the story. Like, somehow it worked. Anyway, moving on. We got a lot to get through, get to, and we could just well, sit here and, and... Speaking of tag divisions not working on, on the main roster stuff, you know where they're doing tag division right? NXT. You've got the Mighty that have done a, a brilliant heel turn facing off with mm-hmm. Street Profits. They faced off against Heavy Machinery after yeah. they beat up Tucker Knight last, or a couple weeks ago. Now we've got the Street Profits coming out and interfering in their match. And then backstage, you had a segment with the War Raiders stepping in and going, ah, with Mustache Mountain. Yeah, Mustache Mountain beats a couple of choppers. And Undisputed. What? Yeah, their tag division. This is how you do a tag division, guys. Tag division's on fire. And that's not even all their tag teams. They've got other tag teams (laughs) in the wings, like, you know, Birch and Lorcan. Right? And then obviously. uh, But AOP's getting beat by Titus Worldwide. Oni's Oni's injured right now, but it's. (laughs) Right. But no, this this was great this week. You know, it was obviously the heavy machinery is a lot of fun to watch. Um, the mighty are very talented. Street profits, I've come around on. They're entertaining as hell. Yep. Mustache Mountain, as we said, crushed a couple of jobbers this week. Looked great doing it. Both those guys are absolute freaks of nature. And we got confirmed that Mustache Mountain will be facing off against Undisputed Era again uh, at Brooklyn. Uh, SummerSlam weekend. So they get their rematch and they've invoked it for Brooklyn, right? Correct. Yeah. And then, as you said, the wall waiters, wall waiters. Uh, uh, talked to Mustache Mountain and said, we don't care who's coming out of that. We're coming for him next. Yeah, so those whoever, are ours. Yeah. So whoever's coming out of that uh, match, we're coming for him. Oh, cool. Boy. That's pff, great. Wouldn't want to be Undisputed Era or Mustache Mountain with those two guys coming after me. No, but then again. <laughs> he uh, has a legendary beard, by the way. Let me just say that. As a beard man myself, uh, that be- that takes years. Decade. That's a decade of beard. He's growth. been growing that since he was in the womb. Oh, uh, oh we also this week on NXT we had EC3 versus Kona Reeves. Both you and I not big fans of Kona Reeves. This could have been worse. This could have been, been a lot worse. It was not the finest though. No, <laughs> no, it was not the finest. Um, 
I wouldn't even put it in the top 1% of matches. Oh, boy. Uh, but uh, I got to say, uh, I did like the Velveteen Dream inserting himself into the match and essentially challenging EC3 uh, at Brooklyn, which was, by the way, uh, that was made a match later by William Regal. But Dream just has the full package as far as his gimmick. Yeah. You know, just the way he, the way he comes out and... Uh, all of the, the you know all the the graphics go dream, and then as he's walking away, he goes, "Oh right!" Snaps his fingers, and everything goes back to normal. That's that's great fun. That's great little details. Now, one thing we need to talk about is there were several uses of the word "bask" this bask week, including in by Velveteen Dream. Bask so, in the experience. So when he snapped his fingers, I thought we were going to get some Keith Lee music in debut, <laughs> but apparently I was wrong. No, no, no. That's going to be next week. Next week we officially get the debut of the Limitless Keith. Keith. Lee. Lee, and we shall bask in his glory. Uh, if uh, you're not aware, Keith Lee is the man. Oh, we love so him good. here on the show. He's a, a, a wonderful guy. So very much looking forward to him becoming a huge star in WWE, which I believe he will. Hang, hang he's, on. Got, he's got all of the, the tools. I think I've, I might have said this before, but I want to reiterate. Keith Lee, Ricochet, and Donovan Dijak are all in NXT right now. I think they changed Donovan Dijak's Chris name. Dijak. Chris Dijakovich, I think, actually, they changed it to. I'm not kidding. What? I'm not kidding. Come on. Yep. Dijak rule. Dijak is a great that name. That is a great right? name. I know. But, you know, so is Adrian Neville. Anyway, uh, I, I, I'm waiting for them. They start calling him Dijakovich. Like, no, stop. Eh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Yes, we, we are having a bunch of our, our indie boys showing up there. And in fact, I don't know if you read he- ahead on the, the notes or not. Don't do it now. No, I haven't. Okay. I got more news for you coming up in the notes section. Yeah. And uh, that's, a, that's a little hint to everybody. Oh, stay, boy. Stay tuned. There's more news, more I- big indie names coming to WWE in the near future. <laughs> uh, lastly, in NXT, of course, we're going to talk about Candice LeRae versus Shayna Baszler. Candice getting her title shot. Shayna taking her out. Uh, so it will be, I guess, a little bit longer before Candice gets another shot at the title. We had predicted that she and Johnny will win the title the same night. Obviously, that we're waiting. We're waiting a little. I while still for, think that could happen. I think it still will happen at some point. Yeah, probably um, not at SummerSlam in Brooklyn, though. Right? Yeah. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic is actually what they've changed his name to, according to Jared uh, <laughs> in our chat. <sighs> Donovan Dijak is such a cool wrestling name. Why would you even mess with that? I don't even know. Come on. I don't even know. But at any rate, yes. So uh, Candice LeRae, Shayna Baszler, Candice gets taken out. Kyrie Sane rushes the ring afterwards, gets a little FaceTime with Shayna. We know they're having a match at uh, Brooklyn. Yep. So that was a little bit of business there to keep the whole women's feud. A rematch of the May Young Classic alive. final from last year. Yes, indeed. Uh, and it looks like Hojo's back. We don't have... And they threw in the Pirate Princess there at the end as a throwaway. And I was just like, no, stop. This one... This, oh, because you liked her because of the, like, the leather, the leather, the leather like jacket. Yeah, the leather oh, jacket yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll stick around. We'll talk about the May Young Classic later. We're going to have a Joshi invasion. Oh, It's coming up, man. We're going to get oh, a boy. lot of butt-kicking ladies from across the ocean uh, coming soon. Uh, let's jump over to 205 Live really quickly. Yes. Um, we got two weeks to catch up on. Last week, uh, Drew Gulak put Mustafa Ali to sleep in the number one contenders match. So Drew Gulak is gunning for Cedric Alexander at SummerSlam. They are finally going to have a big match at a big show for 205 Live, which is awesome. Uh, this week, we had a couple of matches. We had uh, Tony Nese versus Kalisto. There's an ongoing feud between uh, Nice Murphy and Kalisto and Lindsay Dorado. That kept happening this week. Um, we also saw a match. Leo Rush did not want to give Akira Tozawa his rematch, so he squashed a jobber. And okay. Tozawa, and Tozawa ke- ke- keeps coming for him. It's entertaining. Uh, not, a, not a major feud, but it's entertaining. 
the big one was the what's going on with Cedric and then Drew Gulak and his two buddies, the Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher. First, we had a contract signing where uh, Gulak started doing the, the Gulag, the Gulag, the Gulak monologue, uh, which is always fun. Cedric yeah. cut him off and said, dude, just sign the damn contract. I'm sick of listening to you. Yeah. To which Gulak responded by saying Cedric was the Brock Lesnar of 205 Live because he never has matches and always sends oh. out his buddies to soften up any opponents he might have first. <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, oh boy! I am I am so pumped for this Gulak uh, Cedric thing. Even though this week they had the kind of the typical, uh, like what what is it like the the if you got if you got the two guys fighting each other like they have to go through their their friends first they yeah. got to fight each other's friends right so we had Nevin uh, comes out and runs out and saves them well whatever yeah. it is this this week you had uh, Cedric Alexander facing off against the Brian Kendrick in a match Drew Gulak on commentary uh, Cedric of course winning Gulak distracting him at the end. And Jack Gallagher running in for a headbutt and a beatdown. What was interesting about this was once all the three guys were beaten down Cedric, Drake Maverick ran to the ring for the save with some officials and said, not on my show. We don't do this kind of thing. Gulak, if you want to pull this kind of crap, you're losing your number one contendership match. So this, interesting. This, yeah, this, it made me think like, first of all, we've said on the show before, we love Drake Maverick. He's one of the best things about 205 Live is how they're playing the GM as a character and how he represents that brand. It's really good stuff. But this makes me start wondering, because we, we don't really like too much authority, authority figures in our wrestling, like let the wrestlers do all the stuff. But this could be an interesting angle where Drake Maverick almost gets too much on Cedric's side. Hmm. Right, and I don't know that he's gotten on his side though. I th- I, th- I like the way that Drake Maverick is playing this, where he's just kind of the neutral guy, yeah. making sure that the matches stay fair. But I'm I, okay. I like him doing this. But look at Gulak, the way that Gulak works. Gulak, G- Drew Gulak. Um, the way that he works is to twist. Like he he's a very much kind of a want to be authority figure himself, and I could see him kind of twisting. Uh, the intentions. Oh, he's going to be great on commentary of, one of these days. Oh, he's going to be, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's solid gold. Uh, he's a, him twisting the intentions of uh, Drake Maverick in this. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think they've got some good stuff to work with for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, we, we've got to break the seal, man. We have got a lot to talk about with G1. It is. Oh, happening. is it New Japan time? It's New Japan time. Oh, it's time for some Sir Ian Dangerous oh, Markery. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm going to go. put the camera on you. Oh. And just kind of like, <laughs> full, look, full <laughs> disclosure, guys, I have not watched any of the G1 Climax yet. That's okay. You were busy. I was you had, prepping you had for trip. the show in the speaking session. I, just like last year, though, I am dying to see some of the matches. And I'm keeping. I'm trying to keep up as much as I can with the highlights, That a lot of which you're going to go over. Oh, yes. And I'll watch like the quarterfinals going into the into the end. Well, we're at the point now where you can start like watching the last little bit because we're getting down to the wire. And if you're like me and you love just like picking apart the point system and, and figuring out like who could possibly still win this and the bracketology, so, the bracketology will a Tanahashi beats white in their next match. That kind of I love that stuff. And we're at that point in the G1 where we're down to the last six people who could possibly win this okay there's a lot of people who've been mathematically eliminated including last night Minoru Suzuki was mathematically eliminated uh from possibly going on to win this the last six in block a Hiroshi Tanahashi with 12 points Okada uh, Kazuchika Okada the former champ with 10 points and Jay White cheating his way to 10 points those three could still conceivably 
go on to the finals. In B block, Kota Ibushi hanging in there with eight points. Kenny Omega unbeaten with 12 points. And Tetsuya Naito with 10 points. These are the only guys left who could possibly win. Now, the thing to keep in mind is some of these guys still have to face each other. Uh, for example, the last night is the big, everyone's waiting for Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi match, yeah. uh, which could really figure into the finals. And remember, either Kenny or Kota is going to the finals unless Naito pulls an upset. It's not going to be both. We're not going to have them in the finals. And Kenny is the current champ. So if anyone beats him, so far, no one's getting a title shot. Remember, if you beat the, the champ in the G1, you get a title shot down the road. Nobody's beat Kenny yet. So... Uh, I'm very curious what happens if Coda not only beats him in block B, but then goes on to win the whole thing. Does that mean he gets two title shots? No way. I no don't way know. they pull the trigger on that. I don't on know. Kota Ibushi already? I, oh, yeah. Really? I could see it. I mean, Coda has been a big deal for them for a while. I mean, mm. it's he's in and out of a lot of different companies, and he's been kind of... He's a very strange cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I can't see them putting the big belt on him, but I could see them, because of the storyline with Kenny... Uh, having him have a run for building it. Building a story around because it. Because that would be a big story, the Golden Lovers turning on each other. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that could be one. Um, so uh, you think that Kota Ibushi could potentially eliminate Kenny Omega from going to the final yeah. from B-Block? From B and then, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, could, I could argue for anyone from Block A, Okada, White, or Tanahashi going. Yeah. I think Tanahashi could go, but I don't think he's going to win the whole thing. Uh, Jay White would be insane if they pulled the trigger on him winning the G1 this year. But, Jay White was my pick going in. But, I mean, he did just lose the U.S. title. It could be an accolade that he could walk away with. And, yep. you know, maybe. Uh, Okada's going through kind of like a midlife crisis thing right now. <laughs> Is he a rock star? So, uh, well, he's kind of doing this like, well, the, the weight's off my shoulders after two years, so I'm just going to kind of do what I want and hit people with balloons. It's it's a very That's weird it's a very strange Okada that we're getting right now. So I, I think that he's going to choke this one out and not make it. Um, but then, like I said, you've got Naito who could, I don't think he's going to double up uh, and go to the finals two years in a row. Definitely won't win two years in a row. I can't imagine that. No. With the kind of year he's had. I think he could potentially be the thing that causes Omega not to win. And it, somehow it gets blamed on Ibushi. But I, uh, you well, could, Kenny's I could, already beat him. So, that, so if he's they, already beat Naito. Yeah, then the first well, night. Well, then there you go. The first night, Kenny beat Naito, and it was, a, as you would expect, one of the great matches oh, yeah. of the of the series. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to go watch some of the matches from this series, pretty much watch any Ishii match. He's had an incredible, incredible G one Goto as well. In fact, Goto versus Ishii is one of the best matches from this year's G one. It's just two dude, two bulls beating the crap out of each other. Uh, my favorite match so far was Kota Ibushi versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Um, actually, Dave Meltzer gave it 4.75 stars and said he took away uh, a quarter of a star because it was too dangerous. Wow. He would have given it five stars if it wasn't so scary. Damn. It's it's an amazing match. Uh, other ones to look for, uh, Naito versus Ishii, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ishii. Are you seeing a pattern here? Yeah. Uh, Omega versus... <laughs> so, okay. Other guys. Omega and Sonata had a good match. Ibushi and Sonata had a good match. Uh, Juice has had a couple of good ones. Juice Robinson. Juice uh, and Naito was one of the matches that I've got earmarked that I wanted to go back and watch. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, and Juice has been, you know, playing off the fact that he's got a broken hand. So that's been a nice, like, ongoing story. Yep. Uh, him and Naito had a good match. Juice and Ibushi had a good match. Omega and Naito, as we said. Yep. Uh, Hangman Page has been having a pretty good year. He had a good, a re his best match so far has been against Okada. If you want to check out a good Hangman Page match. 
Um, Abushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., as you can imagine, was as good as you'd think oh, it yeah. would be. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tanahashi and Jay White had a good match, which is surprising because the last time they faced each other for the Intercontinental belt, it was a letdown. Which is interesting because... so. Who won that match, that first match? Was it Tanahashi? Tanahashi. So I think that could come into play in, a, in the finals of A Block, like determining who's going to get there. Do, I mean, does that, since they've already had a match against each other, does it come down to Tanahashi and White being tied somehow? Yes. And now that Tanahashi and, has the victory over him, he's the one that moves on. Exactly. Well, yeah. actually, in this, uh, in this particular one, uh, Tanahashi lost to Jay White in the G1. Okay, but he uh, he beat him. The last thing they met is what I'm talking about with the Intercontinental Belt. Okay. But he lost to him in the G1. So yes, Jay White could conceivably tie Tanahashi. So Jay White would get the bump because he had the victory over him in the G1. Correct. Yeah. So that's that's where we're at. Watch out for Jay White, y'all. It's, we're down to the last couple nights of the G1, and it's going to get exciting. Um, overall, you know, the people that have really had standout ones, as we said, uh, Ishii is just killing it right now. Uh, Juice has been better than expected. People are down on Tamatonga because basically all the Tongans are doing right now is cheating. Like every match, it's all the Tongans interfering and people are going <laughs> nuts about it. And I, to which I have to say, it's it's heel heat, guys. They're trying to be the, that's what the Bullet Club originally was, was they were running in and interfering in matches because people hate that. And that's what they're doing here. And that's that's why people are so mad at them right now. So at any rate, yes, the G1 has been fantastic. I could go over... More, but we have so much else to talk about. Yes, so we'll 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 do a whole recap of the G one when it finishes. Uh, I which like is that idea. By next by next week, next yeah. show we'll do a little G one look back. Yes. But yes, if you want to if you want to watch just like one or two matches to get that flavor, uh, Goto versus Ishii, Ibushi versus Ishii. Those are my like the two. I'm like check those out. Yeah. Those are awesome. Well, hey, also, while I was gone, Impact had their Slammiversary pay-per-view. Yeah. I also missed this shit, too. I just... So much wrestling! There's so much going on, right? Well, here's the thing. So we normally don't talk about Impact that much. It's getting good. It's getting good. Like, they're bringing in all of the guys from, like, Lucha Underground, some New Japan crossover. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on in Impact right now. There is. And this was, like, the, the most well-received pay-per-view of this year. Uh, as you said, a lot of fan favorites of are starting theirs. to show up there. Of theirs, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, a lot of fan favorites are starting to show up in Impact. And, I mean, obviously, Don Callis, Scott Diamore are doing some really good stuff with that product. So it's it's actually starting to get worth checking out. And actually, if you just want to get a taste of it, go watch this pay-per-view because it's pretty damn good. There was a lot of good matches. You had uh, Johnny impact slash johnny mundo slash johnny Hennigan. Hennig yeah morrison i like that he's just keeps naming his his johnny, last name after whatever he uh promotion he's with johnny Blackcraft. yes as well yeah. <laughs> uh he, it's smart he was in a fatal four-way with uh taiji ishimori uh pd williams and phoenix he ended up actually uh beating them i think he he, he pinned phoenix to get the win there, uh, that was a, that was a killer match. That's worth the whole pay per view. Is watching that match. Uh, Tessa Blanchard defeated Allie. Oh, Eddie, Allie. Eddie Edwards, who, as we know, ever since getting hit in the face with a baseball bat by Sammy Callahan, has been on a downward spiral of insanity, <laughs> becoming more and more violent against everybody. He had a match against Tommy Dreamer, and finally, it looks like he broke down. Like he was going to hit Tommy did, with the kendo. And did Tommy hit him in the face with a bat too? There was a lot of hitting. Yeah, with with <laughs> with things. But at the end, it looked like Eddie's like Eddie's headed towards back towards the light now. Tommy gave him the kendo, passed the the kendo stick, if you will. Oh, it looks like Eddie Edwards is back coming towards the light. Yeah, it's always nice to see Tommy yes. still. You know, did he come out with his garbage pail full of toys? 
You'll have to watch and find oh, out. Man, I have to go watch that. Yeah, it, it, you do. It's it's a nice yeah. seat. Uh, him still working. He's still he's still in, in lucha too. Yep. Um, Brian Cage, uh, the machine, uh, has is now the X division champ. He beat Matt Seidel for the X division championship. He's now calling it the Weapon X division. Nice because because of Weapon X, he looks yes. like freaking Wolverine. Yes. Um, What's well, his finishing move too? Yes, right. because he looks like Wolverine. Yes. <laughs> so it's not X Force. No. no. Okay. No. X Division. Uh, Got it. Okay. X, yes. So we have X Men, X Force, and now X Division. Got it. We have we've had the X Division for a long time. Now it's the Weapon X Division because it's moving on. Moving on. Uh, Sue Young defeated Madison <laughs> Rain, which I was kind of surprised by. Uh, this is the like the Bray Wyatt of Impact right now. Sue Young is like the she looks like like a J horror sure. uh, bride. Like she's got all her like evil brides with her. Well, she ended up defeating Madison Rain and putting her in the coffin. So I'm not sure if Madison Rain is going to turn now or if she's dead uh, or what the deal <laughs> okay. is. Uh, but yeah, I was actually kind of surprised Sue Young won this one. Uh, LAX and the OGs had a just brutal match, thumbtacks and and brutality and chaos everywhere. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but the LAX does de- defeat the uh, OGs and retains their tag team championships. The match I was waiting for, the match I tuned in to see, was Pentagon Junior and Sammy Callahan in a hair versus mask match. Uh, Pentagon, obviously, as you can see, uh, lost his mask, his mask to me, but not before defeating Sammy Callahan. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were driving stakes into each other's foreheads. They were like, 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 I don't even what you call them, like railroad spikes, the railroad spikes. Yeah, they were beating them into each other's skulls. Dear it was God. it was brutal. It was. But uh, yes, yeah, Sammy Callahan <laughs> is now bald. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, and then Probably finally, a better look for him, just like Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, actually, it does look pretty good on him. Uh, he, he's been kind of trying to hide his bald spot for a yeah. while. Austin Aries also retained his title against Moose. Eh, that was yeah, it was fine. It was a fine match. After the rest of that card, uh, yeah. who cares? <laughs> that was kind of how Wait, it was. Oh, and then this also happened. Yeah, it was fine. It just you know, after all the rest of that, it was kind I of feel like so a, bad eh. for Austin, man. He, I don't. Good, well, what? Okay, fine. I, he's, Let's he's, not go down that rabbit hole. He's talked himself into every situation he's been in. That's fair. Uh, good enjoy, and bad. Enjoy your plant-based diet. Good and bad. All right. Uh, Lucha Underground. Yes. Uh, speaking of all the crossover stuff, we got to talk about this week's episode of Lucha Underground because we what now... The, what the heck is going on on Lucha this season? If you guys are not oh. up on Lucha Underground, so in the previous seasons, like a person dies every so often. Like People die on this show. People are dying right and left this season. Yeah, Antonio Cueto is a madman. Dude, well, the the showrunners are madmen. They're <laughs> murdering fools right and left. Mr. Pectacular was on the show for, what, 30 seconds right. and he was dead? Yes. Insane. Oh. Uh, anyway, okay, before we get to who died this week, uh, Dragon Azteca Jr. is the Gift of the Gods champion, but nice. he announced this week he's going to be holding it until Ultima Lucha Quattro, basically holding Ooh. off and seeing who's the champ at the end of the season, if Pentagon Dark is still the champ or not. Uh, right now, obviously, Pentagon being targeted by Cage still, even though he beat Cage last week. Cage hired King Cuerno. They had a two-on-one match this week where Pentagon got beat down. Um, and then, uh, let's see, what we had the uh, we had a trios championship d- uh, defense this week, the Rabbit Tribe. Tried to take the belts off of the Mac kill shot and son of havoc. They failed, but we got an ongoing thing where uh, the Mac is being kind of hunted by Mil Muertes. He's terrified of Mil Muertes because remember they killed Big Rick. Yep. Uh, well, he found Big Rick. His skull was in his, his the Mac's locker room. The cigar is still in his mouth. Oh, 
So, so yeah, so he's being hunted by Mil Muertes. We'll see where that goes. I, I think moving the trio's titles over to the Rabbit Tribe would have would have been a fun move here, especially with the Rabbit Tribe having have go, having gone insane. Yes, and um, like, how do you get it off of them at that point, though? I that, that well, would, I don't know. Been, it it would have been better to me for I think the Mac, the Kill Shot, and even Son of Havoc are better singles wrestlers. I love the idea of having an actual faction being the trio's champions here. I actually thought the Reptile Tribe was going to get them back. But uh, apparently not because Johnny Mundo came out to uh, uh, this week. The Reptile Tribe basically came out to beat down PJ Black. Johnny yep. Mundo came out for the save. The rest of the Worldwide Underground came out for the save. All this ends up with Johnny, like the Reptile Tribe threatening Johnny Mundo and the rest of the kids. They end up in the Reptile Tribe's throne room where Taya decapitates Vibora. They killed Vibora, dude. Already. They, they killed Vibora. Like he just showed up. Well, he just was, I mean... We we saw him when we went to the show. Yeah, He's the it was Luchasaurus. Like episode three or something. The Luchasaurus, six foot eleven. Yeah, looks like the Undertaker. And with, he is that massive mask. in person. And he's a really cool looking. Well, now he's a little shorter because he's lost a head. Like, how are they going to work out of this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, unless they start having some like serious uh, comic book style like reincarnations of like Phoenix is dead. It's, it's madness. We had a loca indeed. It's, yeah. So. Lucha Underground, crazy this year. Yeah, uh, if you like the brutal stuff, go watch Lucha oh Underground. There's some madness it's, happening it's, over it's there. It's just good, cartoony, weird, comic booky, Mortal Kombat fun. Anyway, we'll see where all that goes. Well, let's get to our patron listener questions yes. for the week. Uh, before we get out of here, before we have our last lightning round of news and things uh, going on, wanted to thank again all of the patrons as we go into a new month. Thank you very much. For your patronage, it is your contributions that allow us to do fun things like this going live. And it's only going to get better as soon as I learn to work all of these knobs and dials that I have. In <laughs> like learning a new musical uh, instrument over there. It's, it's madness. Believe me. I'll, I'll take a picture <laughs> of it and show it to you guys. Uh, post it in the Facebook group for you. All right. First listener question. Brand new patron, Ryan Rugani, who was really mad that he had he contributed uh, to his patron tier, and then I left for a week and had no. Yeah, way to go, episode. dude. Sorry about that, Ryan. We got two for and you. Nice to meet right? you at, in San Francisco at, yes. the, uh, at the G1 special. That yes. was very cool. Uh, so his question was Will WWE go through with this push for the revival, then feud them with AOP? Yeah, Ian, I'll let you go first on that one. Hmm. I mean, there's you can't, we can't really say anything in stone right now with the WWE when it comes to their tag division. You know, I do would I like that to happen? Some more revival AOP action? Yes. One of them would have to turn face. They're both kind of heels right now. Uh a- AOP less so. You could turn them face pretty quickly, but that it's yeah. a long ways away before we get AOP and revival feuding with each other. Uh there would be a lot of things that would have to take place. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I <laughs> Right now, if we look at the state of things, the Revival is is playing with Deleters of Worlds who aren't even champions anymore and is just a weird, confused gimmick anyway. And uh, AOP is getting beaten by Titus Worldwide. Mm. I love both Revival and AOP. They're probably my two favorite tag teams, second to the B team on Monday Night Raw. But I think they've got the most potential long term. So I, I, I absolutely s- want to see them in a feud. I think there's, there's steps to get there. Yeah. Revival would have to beat the B team and establish themselves as a strong championship team. Right. Revival would have to turn face and be these monster faces coming for this evil, uh, you know, like r- shit heel uh, tag team in the Revival. Yeah. Could this happen? Yes. 
do I do I think it's a large possibility? I'd give it under fifty percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I've lost all hope in their their ability to book tag division stuff yeah. on the main shows now. Yeah, I just I've I've completely given up. Thank you, Ryan. Great question. Uh, let's move over to uh, B. Bosch asked the new development between Becky and Charlotte is intriguing, but do you think one of them is turning, or is it going to play out like Sasha Bailey, mm. where they're just going to have the four horsewomen compete in a tag match at Evolution? So he says he knows this is overthinking and downplaying, but he doesn't want to be dis- here. He's, he knows he's down- he potentially dis- he doesn't want to downplay his expectations. Yeah. Yes, and 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 actually, he's currently in our in our chat room right now. So, oh, cool. what's up, B. Bosch? Yeah, what's up, man? Um. So here's the thing. As we said earlier in the show, the Becky Charlotte dynamic is intriguing. It's actually one of the best things going in the women's division right now. And it's a lot more intriguing than what they did with Sasha and Bailey, which was muddled at best and poorly done at at worst. Um, Whatever. They finally established what the Sasha Bailey thing is with the Becky and Charlotte thing. I, I think it would be better to keep that as being, them not being on the same page and having Charlotte kind of stealing Becky's thunder and what that does to Becky's character uh, because of where they've established Becky's character at, you know, yeah. going into SummerSlam. But again, there's there's two months after SummerSlam to establish a uh, uh, the four horsewomen as two different tag teams. I think that's wasting singles wrestlers. Totally. Um, Why would you do that? But I don't know, but it depends on how much they're really going to invest in this women's tag division. If you have four of the most popular and arguably talented women in the women's division become the, the you know, the, the t- one of them is going to be the first tag team, women's tag team champions, whether it's Becky and Charlotte or uh, Sasha and Bailey. That's a huge match. You know, if you have it be Sasha Bailey versus Charlotte and Becky at, uh, at, at Evolution, that's a big match that is huge could they pull the trigger on that yeah you could have carmella retain at SummerSlam. saw and charlotte and becky have a feud for a little bit and mend their fences in time to come together as a tag team uh for evolution i don't think it's overthinking it at all i think that's actually quite possible um do i think that's the way to go no yeah I, i i like sasha and bailey being the tag team of the four horsewomen and then Charlotte and Becky being singles still. Charlotte and Becky need to stay singles. That, that's yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my foot down on that. Okay. One. Uh, I I love the idea of how we. I, of course, we all wanted to see uh, Sasha versus Bailey 2.0. It, it never manifested the right way. So now we're gonna get them as a, the first the first ever women's tag team. Uh, that's kind of a cool accolade to have. And I can see why they would steer the ship into that. Basically, because of all of the things that that you just said. What I'm worried about is who have they got to face. So now you're looking at what the iconics, the iconics. You've got like a Mickey James and someone else tag team. Mickey, You've got yeah, like a Naomi and somebody else tag team. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey James and uh, Alicia Fox. Yep. You know, so uh, I'm excited. Ronda Rousey and Natalia. I mean, here's the thing. Like, like I said, it depends on how much they want to invest in the women's div- tag division. There's a lot of women they could call up from NXT to fill out the tag division. Um, you got the, the Riot Squad's a tag team. You know what I mean? Yep. So. Yeah, they've got enough talented women to create like because supposedly the tag belts will be defended across all brands. NXT, Mandy Rose and Sonya and NXT one. included, yeah. by the way. So, yes. oh, wow. Really? Yeah, it would be across all brands. Oh, that's interesting. Right. So that that gives you a lot more to play with. But that also that underlines the fact why you need Charlotte and Becky in there. Exactly. You no, know. they're too dominant and they're too good as singles wrestlers. And they've got stuff going on right now. Yeah. And it's stuff that's going on that could last 
to evolution and beyond. Yeah. So good question. Thank you for asking. Uh, he also adds a question. What sort of monster is Braun? He didn't cash in when Brock was there on the show. You know, Braun's a very intelligent man. <laughs> now it, it monster, he is monster. A, he's, he's a very a, intelligent monster. So he is, while he is massive and he does have all of this other stuff going on for him, he is also very intelligent. Uh, if that briefcase makes it past SummerSlam, I'll be, I'll be surprised. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, in the next month or so. Well, yeah, but I think I think the question he was asking is why didn't he just go back to the oh, back why didn't and he find just cash him? in? Yeah. Kayfabe wise, yeah. You know? Well, it's not the hardcore title. You can't just go back there and like beat his ass while he's in his locker room. You know? Yeah. Could you cash it in on him right then and there and just beat his beat him down and take his belt? I don't. I think you got to be in the ring. Yeah, they've established this. The bell's got a ring. You got to hand it to a ref. All of that precedent has been set. So. Well, but at the same time, you can also just go down to the ring and say, I'm I'm cashing in my briefcase right now. Brock, come on out here. You're having to have a match. You, yeah, but he doesn't have to show up. He can, precedent. Just get, he can just get counted out. There's and, precedent. Oh, okay. But well, whatever. <laughs> round and round we go. It ain't <laughs> round, happening. round and round we go. Yeah. Where it stops, only Vince McMahon knows. Yes. All right, so... Those were our listener questions. Thank you again for submitting those guys. If you'd like to submit a question to us, uh, just go to our Patreon page and sign on up and then yep. throw us some questions. We would be happy to answer them on the show uh, as well as we're, we've got some plans going forward for getting some some whole listener interaction shows, some live chat stuff. So I'm looking forward to, yes, to working that out. Uh, we got to go to the other news lightning round, yes. if you will. <laughs> and now it is time to announce who the other major indie wrestler is that it is rumored has just signed with WWE. Joey Ryan. Matt Riddle. Oh, wow. Matt Riddle. Bro? Bro. 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 Oh he my is, God. Apparently, they paid him enough money to stop smoking weed. Wow. Which is saying something because he Does quit, he have to put shoes he on? He quit MMA to, to smoke weed right. and do shrooms, and apparently WWE paid him enough. It's a three-year contract is from what I'm reading. So they paid him enough to not do weed or shrooms for three years. So obviously they probably got a good deal. But if you look at this guy's talent, if you don't know who Matt Riddle is, I highly recommend you go online and look up some of his matches. The dude can work with anybody. He's got that really cool crossover MMA style. Yep. And he, he wrestles barefoot, kind of like how well, Rusev yeah. did originally when yeah. he first came out. Uh, I, really, like I, you could run down a who's who list of who you'd want this guy to have a match with. Oh, yeah. He's a great baby face. You know, he's got this, the whole like surfer bro thing on, but he's got that great thing where he comes out and is super chill and very cool and like, hey, man, RVD, yeah. And then he gets in the ring and he'll murder you. With uh, crazy judo shit. Yeah. Before you even have time to buy. I, I watched him look legit against M Minoru Suzuki. So <laughs> the dude is the real deal. Uh, I'm very excited about him coming to WWE. Uh, keep your eyes open for Matt Riddle. Uh, speaking of... Buddies of ours on the indie circuit, uh, Jeff Cobb. We thought was going to Impact. We thought he was going to Impact, he's but he not. no, he's going to Ring of Honor. Interesting. He has officially signed exclusively with Ring of Honor, probably because of their relationship with New Japan. Um, although Impact is apparently working on a, working on a, 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 a bit of a uh, relationship there as well. Ring of Honor has a very strong uh, working relationship with New Japan, and Jeff Cobb has worked with New Japan and. Uh, loves Probably easy working, to put that contract together. Loves working with New Japan. Yep. Apparently, they love him there. Uh, he also got an action figure from Ring Stars, so you can go online and get a Jeff I'll, Cobb. I'll be getting that one. Chosen action figure. Yes. Um, another news: Joey Matthews, aka Joey Mercury. Speaking of Ring of Honor, he is signed up to be a trainer there. 
at their at their Ring of Honor dojo. He's gonna be he's gonna be training the up and coming Ring of Honor guys. Wasn't he writing for WWE? Mm-hmm. Yeah, up until okay. recently. Okay. Yeah, he was working backstage. Right. Uh, but now he's working backstage for Ring of Honor. He was so. he was booking matches, if I'm not mistaken, and doing he was a an good agent. job. At he was an agent. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he just you know found greener pastures. Okay. So. Very interesting. Cool to tool. So, hey, let's talk May Young real quick. Oh, man, I'm excited May about Young, this. May we've, Young. So we've had a lot of names come out in the last week or two of uh, who's going to be in the May Young Classic. We have actually all but, I believe, five. I think there's 32 women in the whole yes. thing. So we have all but five uh, have been assigned. Fire away. Here we go. We've got uh, some of these names are people I don't know. Some of them I'm super excited about. Yes. I don't know Caitlin, uh, but I, I know Rhea Ripley. And I thought she was injured, but I guess she's still good to go. Ray Ripley is going to be in it. Io Shirai, as we've announced, one of the greatest women wrestlers in the world is going to be there. Uh, Nicole Matthews, Ginny from across the pond. Casey Cataz- uh I'm going to screw this up. Casey Catanzaro. Catanzaro. There you go. Uh, Deanna Parazzo. Tegan Knox, formerly known as Nixon Newell, is going to be there. She's a from NXT kid. Uh, Jesse Elaban. Reina Gonzalez. Uh, and then we've got uh, Tainara Conti, who you remember from last year. Yep. Uh, Mia Yim from last year. Mercedes Martinez from last year. Kavita Devi from last year. All of them. I'm glad to see come back. Killer Kelly. Uh, Zeusis holding up the uh, the Lucha side of things. She's an awesome Luchadora. Wow. I'm very, very excited for her. Okay. Uh, Isla Dawn, Lacey Lane, Karen Q, Tony Storm. Calm down, Nick. I can see you vibrating over there. I'm not. Uh, Madison Rain, <laughs> Madison Rain, aka Ashley Rain. Yes. Uh, when I when I asked earlier what might have become of her when she when she was put in the casket, well, the casket leads to the May Young Classic apparently. So, oh, well, okay. yeah. So who knows if she signed a long term contract? It's with not the, Lucha Underground. You don't die with WWE. Well, you might have, she might have died in Impact. Yeah. For now, we'll see that's if she fair. sticks around with WWE. Or not. That's that's the real question. Priscilla <laughs> Kelly, uh, Zia Brookside. Hiroyo Matsumoto, legend. The the lady, the what the lady destroyer, lady destroyer. She. Uh, I, this was probably the biggest surprise for me to hear. Uh, was it last week they announced oh, earlier I, this week? There's a there's one for me that was an even bigger surprise. We're about to get to Ariel Monroe, uh, Vanessa Craven, who I think is going to be this year's Jazzy Gabbert. The, the, uh, Vanessa Craven is six foot two, and her nickname is the Mountain. Damn, she's a monster. Damn, uh, and this is the one that blew my mind. Mako Satomura who is, she's been doing this for 20, 25 years. Oh, this is the one I was thinking of, not yes. Hiroyo. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiroyo's yeah, great. Yeah. Hiroyo's great. Like, yeah. this is like this is the Joshi edition of the Mae Young Classic. Mako is the one you're thinking of. Yes. She's the one that you can go online and look at some of her footage. She'll kick your damn head off. She's, she, she Her kicks remind me of like Hideo Itami, Daniel Bryan kind of kicks. Like, just brutal. And, and Sasha Banks has actually already called her out on Twitter saying, I'll fight you. Which, which is kind of like a chihuahua barking at a pit bull. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's funny. Like Sasha does like taking a hard bump and working a stiff match, but I don't know if she's ready for this chick. Like, so a couple of standouts. Uh, did we have, do we have Tessa Blanchard in here? She was a big one in the uh, Mayan classic last year that I was excited about, but I don't believe she's going to be back because she signed with impact or Ring who's, of Honor? who's that Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard is, is now a major. She's like one of the major uh, mainstays in the female division yep. over at impact. Yep. Yeah. So she's not, she is she's not going to be missed. Back. She's one of the ones I picked as a sleeper last year to win it uh, at the very beginning of the whole thing. Um, yeah, Tony stands out as, as one Io Shirai. Rhea Ripley is looking real jacked, baby. Uh, it's just there's a lot of potential in here. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Jared pointed out that uh, Vanessa Craven, the mountain I was talking about, yeah. is also one of Shayna Baszler's best friends. Oh, that's interesting. The final boss of Japan. Yeah, that's good stuff, Jared. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, let's do some quick injury updates really quick. Uh, Travis Banks has injured his shoulder and is out of the progress tour. Uh, do we know anything more about that's that? That's all we know right now. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how long he's out for, how bad the injury is, um, yeah. which is too bad. I believe he's still currently the progress champion. So that's, that's no bueno, especially with the UK division starting up right now with NXT, which yeah. he's involved with. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi update on his injury. Uh, Wrestling Online says, Wrestling Observer uh, News, excuse me, says he has a broken neck. Uh, but it's, there's no nerve damage, which yeah. is the real big kicker. But he's still going to be out for 9 to 12 months for uh, healing and then observation, especially well, because of the style he works. At least he has Daryl to uh, take care of him and, you know, wet snuggle nurse. Buddy. Snuggle know. buddy. Yeah. Yes. Well, exactly. Daryl knows all about coming back from injury. Exactly. So. He came back from the dead. <laughs> well, Romo's kind of coming back from the dead here, right. too. So uh, as far as what's going to happen with this belt, we have yet to find out. Yep. Uh, he is currently the New Japan Junior Heavyweight Champion, obviously unable to defend it with a broken freaking neck. Uh, also in injury news in WWE, Lince Dorado has a ruptured thumb ligament. Obviously, that's something you can work through. Ew. And Mustafa Ali uh, sent out a picture from the hospital the other day with an unspecified injury. We don't know what he was in there for. Did he have a tummy ache? He had an injury recently. I don't know. But he said he kicks out at two, so we shouldn't be worried about him, wow. I guess. Okay. So. Uh, we Lindsay Dorado. Oh, you said that one already. Yeah. Uh, Flip Gordon uh, is facing off against Nick Aldis at Honor for All. Yes, uh, he did face off against him, but he's not in All In. No, if you've been if you've been following the Flip Gordon saga, he yeah. keeps trying to get into the All In show, and Cody just won't let him in because Cody <laughs> doesn't think he's worthy. Right. Um, or he just also, doesn't want to get flipped. Yeah. So Flip said, "Well, look, if I beat Nick Aldis, you've already said you'll face the ring, the uh, excuse me, the NWE champion at All In. So what if I become the NWE champion? Well, Nick Aldis beat him." Uh, no. so, so sorry, flip. You're still not all in, but it was a really good match. Yeah. Uh, more all in news. Ray Mysterio is set to team up with bandito and Phoenix versus Ibushi and the young bucks. Get, get, Ooh, my what? mind is melting with how amazing this match is going to be. <laughs> uh, if you don't oh know, uh, uh, we've, we've seen bandito fight down here in PWG. He is out freaking standing. Yep. Obviously you guys have to know Phoenix and Ray and Ray Mysterio, obviously. Yeah. But Young Bucks and Ibushi against those three guys, forget about it. Forget about it. That's going to be amazing. Um, in WWE news, Ty Dillinger and Cedric Alexander are kind of in some hot water, a la James Gunn. They tweeted out some bad jokes about six years ago, bad rape jokes. That's not good. Uh, they've both apologized in the last week and said they're different people now. They really regret doing it. Uh, that was bad, bad sense of humor. Right. Will, et cetera, they, will et they get to direct their movies? Or are they going to uh, no, get fired, they, too? Well, they don't work for Disney, so that helps. That's fair. Fair. Working <laughs> so, for WWE does have its advantages. It does have its advantages. Sometimes. Apparently, apparently, <laughs> you're also allowed to take shots at Neville. Oh. Uh, Cedric also tweeted out this way. So he's apologizing for old tweets, but then turning around and saying, uh, someone said something about how Neville should come back. And uh, Cedric said, uh, don't you mean quitter? <laughs> uh, called him a quitter. Yow. Ow. Uh, Pentagon Jr. and Damn, Phoenix Cedric. are apparently being courted by WWE. Is this even remotely possible? This is a rumor. Apparently, WWE has reached out to both uh, to the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. Obviously, both currently involved with Impact, yep. but not signed to long term contracts. Uh, plus, they I mean they could be bought out of their contracts. Well, WWE, WWE long- has fu money, and they're all about buying up everybody to yeah. buy up the competition. Yep. They're doing the Ted Turner thing. Let's just buy everybody 
and that way we and then control. There's them. no competition. Yeah, and we don't have to do anything with them. We can just buy them. So I bought it, them. <laughs> and I don't, I don't. Here's the thing: like they don't have a good history of, with uh, with masked luchadors. They don't. You know, I, I, I don't want to turn these guys into the Lucha House Party. Like, uh, Rey Mysterio is the only one they've ever done something good with. So and even then, you know, arguably. To wrap things up here real quick, the Kane mayoral race is tonight, and he is pretty much a shoe-in to win there in, I believe it's Knoxville, Tennessee. And last but certainly not least, not that anybody really gives a shit, but John Cena <laughs> and Nikki Bella are officially done, and I'm going to do air quotes mm-hmm. because we'll see how much more things they do to promote total Bellas because they did this already once and the world lost its mind and now nobody gives a shit. No. Nobody cares. Yeah, you, you cried wolf to get ratings. Yeah. Now, we, now we don't give a crap. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks. But hey, total Bellas is kind of... No, it's not. It's terrible. No, stop, don't watch Nick. It. Don't it's, it's, it's I know, I know it's you worse watch than it. the Kardashians. It's gross. It's, it's gross. gross that you watch it. It really is. Well, guys, that's our show. We got a few more weeks till SummerSlam. We will be back next week with more WWE and live again right here on YouTube. More uh, G1 Climax updates on New Japan. So much wrestling is happening right now. Yes, hopefully it will be a less hectic show than this week where we had to catch up from the previous week. Uh, My bad. My bad. That's okay. It it was a lot of fun. And honestly, (laughs) for our first live show, it was fun to have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, We hope you guys who did tune into our live cast on YouTube had a good time. Please come back and check us out. If yes. you even if you didn't check us out this week, check us out next week. We're gonna be doing this from now on. And these live recordings will be on YouTube yeah. in perpetuity, so you can always just go back and and watch the recording. Oh God! So uh, yeah, blackmail material for years. Yes, uh, we have to be careful about what we say, right? Thanks, guys. As we said at the beginning of the show, definitely come over and check out the Facebook discussion group. Just search for "Busted Wide Open" on Facebook. Oh, oh and you'll wait, find Nick, us there. I've got to oh. jump in. I've got to jump in. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm breaking news. I'm seeing in our in our uh, our our chat group on on YouTube right now. Andrea Ward just announced Kane is officially mayor of Knoxville County, Tennessee. Yeah. So I guess he won. I, All right. So we th- knew he's going to win. Well, yeah, he, but he has it's, no, it's, it's, it's official a, now. It's an Uber Red County and city in an Uber Red state and an Uber Red demon. Yes. Now now runs the whole thing. Well so, said. Well said. Uh, Andrea, thank you for that news. Uh, and you you heard it here first, everybody yes. else. Yay. So sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Continue. Apparently, we didn't hear it first because. Andrea already knew about it. Everybody else heard it here first. Anyway, come join the Facebook discussion group. And uh, if you uh, like what we're doing and want to support the show, we love our patrons. Head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. Check out all the fancy new tiers we've got on there of swag and interactions with the show and myself and Sir Ian Dangerous. You can also find us over on Twitter at BW Podcast. But Ian, where can people, what's the best way people can help the show? Uh, Well, I mean, the best way they can help the show is by checking out our Patreon. Well, sure, but word of mouth. Word of mouth? Yes. Ah, yes. And, you know, the best thing to do is to like, share, and subscribe. Yes. Go to our YouTube page, subscribe to our YouTube page, like our YouTube page, and share it with your friends. Go to your podcast app of choice, whether that's on Apple or Android, and make sure you share that sucker around and subscribe to it so you can hear our stream every week. Yes. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.